WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banke. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. Eight teams remain in Division 8, and by night's end, that number will be down to just four. Tonight is the regional championship, and the Breckenridge Huskies are in town, taking on the 11-0 Ubley Bearcats. Good evening, good evening once again from the banks of the Cass River in Ubley, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Uh, always uh, be glad to be back here and looking forward to see uh, what should be an interesting uh, regional championship game. We are at the halfway point on the road to Ford Field, and the Ubley Bearcats and Breckenridge Huskies are set to meet for the very first time in history. Both Ubley and Breckenridge have made it to the state finals in the last four years, but both are looking to make that final step and bring home a state championship trophy. Obviously, only one of them can win tonight, but we got to love having this game at home. I think that'll make a huge difference for the Bearcats. The Ubley Bearcats have already secured their third straight district championship. Now they're looking to claim their third straight regional championship and a ticket to the state semifinal. With them, they bring the best offense and defense in the entire Thumb of Michigan. They really have been the total package this year. And you throw in Brett Mueller and that special teams, this team is tough to beat. On the other side of the ball are the Breckenridge Huskies. After making it to the state finals in 2018, the high-powered Husky offense rolls into Ubley, trying to win their second regional championship in school history. They'll have their hands full with the Ubley Bearcats tonight. No doubt about it. And you can say Ubley and Breckenridge have similar abilities on offense to score the football, but I think Breckenridge will have a tough time getting their defense off the field. Before the regional championship kicks off, we will host our media roundtable, walk through the rest of the playoff field, and break down the game of the week. Breckenridge at Ubley with the winner being just one more victory away from Ford Field. It's all right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. It's Breckenridge at Ubley as the road to Ford Field continues on your home for all the action on the WLW Sports Network. Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services, D of Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs, Kodak Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bad Axe, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, the Heron Daily Tribune, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Heron Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Omni Motor Service, DM Cabinet Shop, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. prohibited. When the playoffs kicked off 14 days ago, 256 teams across the great state of Michigan began their journey on the road to Ford Field. Fast forward to tonight, and just 64 remain. 
With a win tonight, the last four teams in each of the eight divisions will be down just to one more win away from canceling their Thanksgiving plans. The MHSA playoffs have changed a lot since their debut in 1975 when only 16 teams in the entire state had a chance to take part. In 1977, the playoff field was doubled, making it a three-week postseason. 64 teams were able to participate in 1985, which was doubled yet again in 1990, when the playoff field was expanded to 128 and split into four classes with an upper and lower division inside of each class. 1999 then saw the introduction of the six wins in your in format, which was then done away with this year. Now it's a combination of the two systems. It's still 256 teams split across eight divisions, but in order to get into the playoffs starting in 2021, it's the 32 teams with the highest playoff points that get to extend their season into November. My name is Clark Ramsey, your host for tonight's regional championship and for the last 11 years. To my right would be my broadcast partner for the last decade, and that would be Dave Hansen. It's, uh, it's amazing, Clark, uh, how far the playoff format system whatever you want to call it has come since 1975 and i think for the most part they've made a lot of great changes but still fascinating how it began and the way it was structured at first making his way from livonia michigan for the 99th time since 2013 would be our director of sports information doug cole doug is responsible for all of our real-time offensive and defensive and team stats throughout the entire broadcast just so that we can pass that information on to you our listeners at home Doug, I know there are a lot of Bearcats who are thankful that the game is under the lights tonight instead of tomorrow, but maybe none more than you, so you could be here. Absolutely, Clark. Uh, tomorrow I am leaving for a statistician seminar in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? I am. And you just happen to be catching the Lions game there at the same time? Exactly. Oh, good. Uh, and you're speaking there. You're not You're not at the class. You're speaking at I'm the class. I'm actually speaking it. I'm oh. teaching it. Oh, fantastic. Yep. That yeah. is awesome. Fantastic. Our fourth member... Well, hold on. Let's. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of things here. Dave, this, go ahead. This might be the best part of the segment. I, I, I apologize. Well, we're glad you made it, uh, Doug. So uh, please tell us where you stopped to eat tonight. So I stopped at the metropolis of Minden City, and I uh, it's it's a nice little small town. I went to the bar was called or restaurant was called. Uh, oh, stumbling, uh, stumble, in. stumble in. Stumble That's in. what it's called. Ah, fantastic. It was really good. Had some perch and French fries on the side. It was delicious. Was it the all-you-can-eat perch uh, fish fry tonight? Uh, it wasn't, but it was. there was a lot of perch on, on the plate, so it was more than enough for me. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? You got it. Oh, thank goodness. So dining with Doug can continue for another week <laughs> as Doug Cole travels the countryside all the way to Pittsburgh even and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval when deemed appropriate. Our fourth member of our team would be our director of visual data, Dan Binky, our spotter. Dan is quite literally our eyes on the field for us, making us sound like we know what we're talking about. Unfortunately, if the season progresses after tonight, we're going to have to find if the uh, find out if the Dan Banky School of Football spotting is starting to churn out some fresh recruits for us. Yeah, we'd take an intern if we could get one uh, in that school. But, uh, yes, he's been great for us, and, yes, he does have other obligations. I can't believe that, but he does, and we'll do our best without him. But for tonight, we'll enjoy him one more time. And tonight we are adding another element to our broadcast, a sideline reporter. Ed Klump has filled in twice for Dave Hansen, so that qualifies him to brave the elements to be on the ugly sideline for us this evening, hopefully not bothering his old friend Eric Sweeney too much tonight. Ed, good to have you on board. Thanks, Clark. Hey, it's sleeting outside. Let's get Ed to go do the sideline reporting. Great, great, Clark. Thank you so much. Yet here he is, and he has, couldn't be any more excited, could he? So, glad to have him. I mean, I'm not surprised at it. It, it seems like I put you in the most awkward and interesting scenarios, and you have a smile on your face every single time. There's no such thing as a comfort zone with you, Clark. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it, I suppose. And we're looking forward to having you on the sidelines. Uh, 
throughout this entire evening and hopefully into the rest of the postseason. The road to Ford Field is at its third of five stops, and Breckenridge and Ubley are looking to punch their ticket to the state semifinal. The Division 8 playoffs are on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll have our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Benke, and Ed Klump with your call tonight from the banks of the Cast River in Ubley, Michigan for the regional championship. It's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet Find New Roads. Join me tonight from the Huron County View, the Brian Greasy and Steve Levy of the Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. If you watched Monday Night Football this past week, you know what I'm talking about. Our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen, the top spotter north of Goshen, Indiana, Dan Banke, our sideline reporter in the 2003 North American Asparagus Eating Champion, Ed Klump, and our back-to-back Media Roundtable Champion, Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a Media Roundtable winner. Last week, Paul P. Adams snapped an eight-game losing streak. So now it's at Dave Hansen with five wins, Paul P. Adams at three, Doug Cole two, Clark Ramsey one, and then Dan Banke still on a quest to find his first victory of the season. Here's all I can say is Dave Hansen made a tactical error last week. I tried to lead him into the correct pick. He ignored me, and uh, well, there's he, some, he kept there's this contest new. alive. There's so the, uh, there's here we something, go. There's something new. You made, it, you made a rare error. You are welcome. That's what I got for you. Thank you. Doug, any thoughts? No, I just you know it's spoiling uh, bragging rights. I guess for me now, I don't. I don't think I have uh, any chance unless we cover uh, four more game, four more games somehow. Doug, you might be my biggest fan, so go get them. Let's go. <laughs> well, little do you realize we're covering the Div- Division Eight state championship as well as Division Two, II, Division Four, and Division Six. All right, so you're just telling me it's there's a, a chance. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be a long, long Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Paul won last week, he will go last. So tonight's order is Ed Klump leading off, then Dan Banke, followed by Doug Cole, Dave Hansen, and the last week's winner, Paul P. Adams. Ed Klump, welcome back to the Meter Roundtable. Thank you so much. Um, so... So far as this game goes, I think it's going to be a ground and pound by Ubley. Uh, so you're saying they're coming out in the tee? They are. They are probably coming out in the tee. Going to show them some power. Uh, Eric Sweeney actually said that uh, the best uh, defense they play is when they're on offense. So there you go. So that being said, I am going to take – I'm taking Ubley in this one. I think Breckenridge, they're going to hold them to six points. Ubley, 41. 41. So a 35-point victory for the Ubley Bearcats, according to Ed Klump. Dan Banky, he's on his way to the game right now, and he texted me. And Dan Banky thinks that we are in for a slugfest. The Huskies are going to spread it you out and do a run-pass option. According to Dan Banky, we've seen in the past that the Bearcats have struggled at times with that type of offense. 
The Huskies' best playmaker is their quarterback. He's much like Harbor Beach's quarterback, Tan Babcock. According to Dan Banky's text message here, Sanders can make people miss and also throw the deep ball, so the Bearcats' defensive backs will have to play their best game of the year. But in the end, Dan Banky thinks the Bearcats can come up with enough defensive stops and use their ground-and-pound offense to hold off the Huskies. Dan Banky has Ubley winning in a back-and-forth battle, Ubley 35, Breckenridge 21. So a 14-point victory for the Ubley Bearcats, according to Dan Banky. Now Doug Cole. Well, as you we've seen with Ubley's defense, they are they do a great job defending the pass, whether it's against Harbor Beach or Marlette last week. And Breckenridge concerns me a little bit. I know Vassar has improved this year, but only scoring six points in the first half, uh, that's not a lot. So I got Ubley winning this one comfortably. Not maybe not in a blowout blowout, but I got them winning 35 to 16. 35 to 16. So a 19 point victory. According to Doug Cole for the Ugly Bearcats, 35 to 16. Dave Hansen, the tea is yours. All right. So obviously it's very clear that I, I should have gone with the over last week and didn't. <laughs> so here goes nothing. Um, so with all the homework research we've all done, I still think the Ugly Bearcats offense, they will control the clock, they will run the football, they might even throw a play action or two in there. Eric. This Coach Sweeney will actually do that a couple times. Uh, not saying that Coach Bill Sweeney wouldn't, but uh, there's definitely more in Coach Eric Sweeney's forte, and I love it because Evan Peruski might be one of the best out of that play action with that fantastic run game. But I don't think Breckenridge has faced a defense like the Ugly Bearcats are going to show him tonight. Uh, I don't quite have the uh, kahunas as Mr. Klump, but uh, I do like Ugly to win comfortably 42-14. to 42-14. to 14. So that is the Bearcats by 28 points. According to Dave Hansen, 42-14, to 14, a victory for the LB Bearcats, and that leaves Paul P. Adams. Oh, it has been a long time since I've been in this position. The last time I was in this position was in this tower, and the Bearcats let me down. I think uh, all week I've been wondering how this game's going to go. It's going to go one of two ways. Yep. It's, no, no, it's going to go one of two ways for an ugly win, for an ugly win. Ugly wins this game. It's either a shootout like we saw here in 2019 with Saginaw Nouvelle and Ubley where it was 56-36, to 36, or it's an absolute dominating performance. I'm going to go with the absolute dominating performance because that is what the Bearcats have been doing from start to finish. Number one, Breckenridge has not seen a, an offense like this. They have not played a wing T team this year. I think Ubley's going to have their way on offense. And this defense, we've all, we've been talking about it all along. The most improved unit uh, for Ugly. For so give me the Bearcats, forty-two to six. Forty-two to six. So you're taking my thirty-six points. So you're taking the over already over put, uh, over Ed Clump there. So forty-two to six, according to Paul P. Adams, and the experts have spoken. On the low end, Dan Banky taking Ubley by fourteen points, thirty-five to twenty-one. Doug Cole taking Ubley by nineteen points, thirty-five to sixteen. Then we have Dave Hansen taking Ubley 42 to 14 by 28 points. Then Ed Klump taking Ubley 41 to 6 by 35. And Paul P. Adams taking Ubley by 36 points, 42 to 6. Clark, I, and I just want to add, and this is not picks related, and I know this is a highly listened to uh, segment. I want to give a shout out to the uh, volleyball team, Ubley volleyball yes. team last night. Much like Ubley football team is going for their third straight regional, the Ubley uh, volleyball team won its third straight regional last night. So a big shout-out to them. It's been a, a tremendous run for both of these programs running simultaneously, so they deserve a little uh, little recognition as well. I agree as well. All right, let's take a look at other area games going on across the area, and we will start out in Division 7. 
And that would be the Alton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. This game is taking place tomorrow at 1 p.m. over in Westphalia, Michigan. That's about halfway between Lansing and Grand Rapids. The Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers at 9-2, taking on the 10-1 Poamo Westphalia Pirates. Poamo Westphalia is going for their eighth regional title in 11 years. They've been state champions in 2016, 2017, and 2019. And the Lakers, four wins since losing to Reese. They're on a roll. Yeah, if the Lakers are going to face a perennial state powerhouse like Poam Westphalia, now's the time to do it. They're playing their best ball offensively and defensively, uh, but this is a very tall task for the Lakers. They are going to have to play exactly, absolutely perfectly, and that might still not be enough. I'm going to pick Poamo. I want to be wrong in this in this pick. I'm going to go with Poam Westphalia, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Um, but really looking forward to going over to this game tomorrow. Never had a chance to cover a game over there. And I want to see how uh, one of the state powerhouses uh, uh, does things on their home field. State champions in 2016, 2017, 2019, and probably 2021. This is the best team in Division Seven, bar none. It is tough competition. And if the Lakers were to beat them, uh, there would be nobody celebrating more than us. But uh, this team is a very motivated PW team. If you remember last year, they had to bow out of the playoffs in the middle, and I think there's a chip on their shoulder besides the fact that they're super talented. So uh, it's been a great run for Lakers. I hope they win, but PW is a very tall order. In Region 2, it's Ishpeming Westwood, the Patriots against the Gladiators. Oh, there's a good matchup there. As the Traverse City, St. Francis, another Blue Blood program there in Division 7. That game's taking place tomorrow in Traverse City at 1 p.m. Traverse City, St. Francis beat McBain 55-13, have not lost since the state final last year when they lost to New Lothar 42-35. Ishpeming Westwood snuck by Charlevoix 30-28. to yeah, it's usually not good uh, to pick against a team like Traverse City St. Francis, so At I'm not going to do it. Uh, uh, give me Traverse City St. Francis. Uh, like you said, Clark, they're one of the Blue Bloods, but we're going to talk about a couple more Blue Bloods still left in uh, in Division 7. It is an absolutely stacked division, but uh, St. Francis, I think, wins this game. It sure is, and it makes for good TV, too, because we have Poamo, Westphalia, Traverse City St. Francis next week. That sounds good to me. I'll take Traverse City as well. Don't rule out the Lakers yet, Coit boys. <laughs> We're rooting for them. You know, I'm we, absolutely, you know we, we are. are absolutely rooting for the Lakers. On the other side of the bracket, Lawton in Muskegon Catholic Central and Detroit Loyola in Jackson Lumen Christie. This Division 7 bracket is stacked with talent. And people might be wondering, what's Muskegon Catholic Central doing in Division 7? They are in a co-op. Uh, they would be down in Division 8 right now, but they're co-oping. I can't remember what team or what school they're co-oping with, but that's why they're there. Muskegon Catholic Central is another one of those blue blood programs. Give me, give me uh, Muskegon Muskegon Catholic Central, and uh, Jackson Lumen Christie, the other team, uh, looming on that side of the bracket. So uh, absolutely stacked bracket. So uh, give me uh, Muskegon and Jackson Lumen. I, I like both of them as well. Detroit Loyola, the UC 6-4, and four, don't let that fool you. Their two losses came from a from two A teams and two B division teams. They play the best of the best, so they are battle-tested and proven. They're going to give Lumen Christie all they can handle, but look for uh, those two teams to move on, Muskegon and Lumen Christie. Lumen Christie's only loss is to Harper Creek, who plays in Division Three. Lumen Christie is the 2016, 2017, 2018 champion. Detroit Loyola, 2014 champion in Division Seven. In Division 8 football, we already have talked about the Ugly Bearcats and Breckenridge Huskies. On the other side of the bracket in Region 1, the winner of this game goes on to play the winner of Carson City Crystal or Beale City. Both teams 10-1. Beale City lost in Week 1 to Ravenna, 21-20, and have rattled off 10 straight wins since. They have allowed 60 points on the since that first week loss. Carson City Crystal lost to Breckenridge, 12-0. 
Yeah, give me uh, give me Beale City in this one. Uh, if we think Ubley's going to handle uh, a Breckenridge like they did, I don't think uh, Carson City's got much of a chance uh, after seeing them last year. And I, I really think that 2019 uh, – game where Ubley lost by one point, that's still on some of these kids' minds. They want another crack at Beale City. Well, it'll likely be at Mount Pleasant. And, uh, you know, I, I think Ubley's got an excellent chance if it is Beale City. But I think Beale City too much for uh, Carson City Crystal. Another great venue, and, and I think you're absolutely right. And, and you actually stole the punchline there. I think the Bearcats prefer Beale City. I think Beale City is going to win that game. They're a team that seems to always be in the hunt as well. Uh, look for them, their veterans' ability to go ahead and beat uh, Carson City Crystal this week. On the other side of the bracket, Regions 3 and Region 4, we have White Pigeon at 10-1, Hudson at 11-0. Hudson has 8 of 11 games have been one touchdown or less on defense. Shutout reading, 22 nothing. White Pigeon, all I know about them is their golf school. <laughs> well, all you need to know about Hudson is they play thumb-style they, they thumb football. Uh, what you see out here with Ubley, that's the kind of brand of football that Hudson plays. Rough, rough and tough, uh, really good defense, really good offense. Uh, argument can be made they're the best team in Division 8. You know, Ubley and a couple others would like to ha have their crack at them, but give me Hudson in this one. I, I agree. Yeah, just uh, the golf school thing gets me every time because they, they have been a very good golf school for many years, but that doesn't mean they're not a good football team this year. They are, but Hudson is ranked number one as far as I'm concerned, Division 8, and I, I fully believe that they will take care of business today. And the winner of White Pigeon and Hudson will go on to play the winner of Clarkson Everest in Ottawa Lake Whitford. The Mountaineers against the Bobcats. Whitford averages 51 points a game, only lost to Eden, Ohio in Week 7 since. Clarkson Everest have not allowed a point in the playoffs yet this year. Yeah, I give Clarkson Everest credit. You know, a few years ago they were kind of a first-round punching bag for thumb teams, and, and they're playing for a regional championship, so they're, they're making uh, – they're, they're making their improvements, but not enough to, to overcome Whiteford. Uh, I think Whiteford wins this game fairly easily. Uh, and in Whiteford as well, it's a home game for them. I certainly like them by a couple scores as well. And the experts have spoken on the game of the week on the WLW Sports Network with all of them taking the Ubley Bearcats. We have Dan Banky taking Ubley 35-21 to 21 by 14 points. Then we have Doug Cole taking Ubley by 19 points, 35-16. to 16. Dave Hansen taking Ubley by 28 points, 42-14. to 14. Ed Klum taking Ubley by 35 points, 41-6. to six. And Paul P. Adams taking the over at 36 points in favor of the Bearcats, 42-6. to six. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll discuss the away team, the Breckenridge Huskies, right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app in your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. And now also listen to us in replay form on WLWSports.com. Just click on the Replays tab or wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. iTunes, Switcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, you name it, we're there. It's now time to talk about the away team tonight, the Breckenridge Huskies. And over the last six seasons, the Breckenridge Huskies have made it to the MHSA playoff times all six years. 
Since 2017, the Huskies have won at least one playoff game each year, winning three district titles and one regional championship along the way. Chris Robinson has been the head coach for Breckenridge since 2013, overseeing all of their recent deep playoff runs, including to the state finals in 2018. Before Robinson took over the Husky program nine years ago, Breckenridge football was not known for its postseason or even regular season success. No doubt about it. Uh, Chris Robinson took over, like you said, in 2013. In nine years, he's 63-30, and 30, winning 67% of his games. But if you look at the four years before he coached, this team never had a winning season, and they accumulated just 29 wins in 15 years. Lost to Reading, though, in 2018 the state in the state championship game, 39-20, to 20, just four years ago. And their current quarterback was on that roster that year. And actually played two plays. He even threw a pass in the state finals game. The Breckenridge Huskies offense centers around that senior quarterback, in for good reason. Luke Saunders stands at six foot one above sea level, has passed for nearly 2,000 yards, rushed for another 800, and has had his hand in 43 total touchdowns so far this season in just 11 games. He's really the total package. 6'1", 185. He'll play linebacker on defense. He's attempted 200 passes this year, completing 60% of those, just under 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. He averages 16 yards of completion. Uh, taking a look at last week against Fowler, he was 16 of 21. He did throw a pick, but completed 76% of his passes, 260 yards total, and three passing TDs. And on the year, he is not afraid to run the ball as well. A very high focal point of the running game. 118 carries, 840 yards, another 19 uh, touchdowns, averaging seven yards per carry. And last week against Fowler, he went over the 100-yard mark with just 11 carries and two games this year with six total TDs and three games with five TDs in one game. He is the heart and soul of this offense. Saunders' favorite receiver is hard to miss, but is also very difficult to defend. The six foot two wideout averages four receptions a game for 81 yards and a touchdown. His name, Jace Horman. Jace Horman is a stud. This guy can go up and get the ball. He's got 42 catches on the year, just under 900 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. He had 10 catches for 212 yards and three touchdowns last week against Fowler. He is the state champion in the four by 100 relay. Needless to say, Clark, he is fast. Breckenridge runs a spread offense, something that the Ugly Bearcats have faced for the past couple of weeks against Harbor Reach and Marlette. And despite throwing for nearly 2,000 yards, the Huskies still have a sizable running threat from their senior running back and tailback, Kramer Lawrence. Kramer Lawrence will also play middle linebacker. He is physical. He will go straight at you. He's got 170 carries on the season, 750 yards, just five TDs, but he averages 15 carries a game. He is really their drive-it-ahead guy, averages four and a half yards a carry. He had 15 carries last week, but Fowler did a good job of taking him away just 37 yards. But one of his best games happened to come against St. Charles a few weeks back where he had 20 carries, 178 yards with a touchdown, and he caught a touchdown as well. On defense, Breckenridge has posted three shutouts plus one game, giving up just a touchdown. As a team, the Huskies allow 17.5 points on average and find themselves with a turnover ratio heavily in their favor. Kramer Lawrence leads the team in tackles with 93 on the season, as well as three fumble recoveries and an interception. 17.5 points a game on defense sounds like a pretty good number, but teams have been able to score uh, on this Husky team 
but they have been a bend, not break. Forced turnovers has been the key, something that the Bearcats do not do. So it'll be interesting to see which one of those battles win. But as a team, they've recovered 11 fumbles and picked off another 18 passes. Luke Saunders has nine of those and has had an interception in each of the last six regular season games. It's the regional championship between the Breckenridge Huskies and the Ugly Bearcats right here on your home for high school football. The WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. We are less than 20 minutes away from kicking off the regional championship. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Ed Klump with your call tonight from Ubley, Michigan for the regional championship. For the 21st time since 1992, the Ubley Bearcats are working their way through the MHSA playoffs, including 19 of the last 21 years. For the ninth time in school history, the Orange and Black of the M19 Valley find themselves in the regional championship. In Ubley's previous eight appearances in the regional final, they have lost just once in 2010 to Ravenna. Tonight, the Bearcats are going for their eighth regional championship in the second for Eric Sweeney. Yeah, Coach Eric Sweeney's got off to a fantastic start. He took over for Coach Bill Sweeney, who retired at the end of 2019. In two years, he is 20-3, winning 86% of his games. No other coach in Ubley history has made it to two regionals in his first two years and going for third straight regional title and semifinals appearance for the LB Bearcats. During Eric Sweeney's tenure at the helm of the LB program, he has the same starting quarterback the entire time in Evan Peruski. Making his 24th start tonight in a Bearcat uniform, Peruski is just a sophomore. And frankly, we aren't even sure if he has his driver's license yet. What we do know, though, is Peruski can drive this ugly offense with the command of any upperclassman. He sure does, and he doesn't look like an underclassman. He is their leader. He is their offensive spark plug. He is 5'11". He does play defensive back as well. He has 98 carries for 945 yards and 17 touchdowns. He averages 9.5 yards per carry. That is third most in the Greater Thumb Conference. In the playoffs, he's averaging 12 yards a carry. He's got 19 of those carries for 229 yards and five touchdowns. And by the way, he's passed 27 times, which is unheard of for the Albany Bearcats, completing 16 of them for 450 yards and eight touchdowns. And last week he had his first completion since week six. With the Bearcats rumbling for 250 yards on the ground last week, Ubley is the only team in the entire Greater Them Conference to achieve more than 3,000 rushing yards. Altogether, Ubley has carried the ball 398 times for 3,219 yards in 49 scores. That's an average of just 320 yards per game. And Evan Prusky leads the teams in yards, but junior Mark Heilig is close behind. And keep in mind, they missed a game. There was a forfeit on their schedule as well, so they take that game out of those stats. This team has done an excellent job running the football. Mark Heilig is really their home run threat, their explosive back. He is a junior, 5'10", 165. He plays in the secondary as well. He has uh, 99 carries for 900 yards and 11 touchdowns. Again, yards per average carry, he averages 9, and he leads this team. Logan Mule is the change of pace back. He is their senior. He has 54 carries for 400 yards and eight touchdowns. And Colin Oberski is their bruiser back. Their power football 
fullback, 83 yards, 500 and or excuse me, 83 carries, 500 yards, and eight TDs on the ground. But he has been arguably their best ball carrier so far in the playoffs, averaging seven yards a carry and just shy of 200 yards. Last week against Marlette, the Elder Bearcats attempted five passes, completing three of them for 77 yards. Two of those went for scores and both in the hands of Kyle Sweeney. The senior tight end is Peruski's favorite target on the field, accounting for more than half of the quarterback's completed passes this season. No question about it. He is their vertical threat as well at 6'1", 175. He has nine catches for over 300 yards, and five of those catches went for touchdowns. He averages 30 yards every time he catches the ball. The other two guys that he has, has completed passes to is Colin Oberski and Matt Brandle, and those guys tend to be the checkdown guys out of the that play action and uh, they haven't caught many lately but that is a threat when they do decide to pass the ball as well defensively you will not find a better team in the Greer Rhythm conference than the LA Bearcats every single week the Bearcats have improved with less points allowed every week as the season progressed in the last six games the ugly defense has allowed just four touchdowns which would include three shutouts and just six total points in the postseason so far Leading the defense would be two undersized but powerful linebackers with Aiden Makoviak and Kandon Peruski. And they fill some very important holes of, of some veterans that graduated last year. They were the question marks, and they have simply gotten better every single week. Aiden Makoviak uh, on that defensive line is just a junior, plays a lot of linebacker. You'll see him put his hand down on that defensive line if need be. He's got 68 tackles. He's got a couple defensive touchdowns on the ledger. And Kandon Peruski, a sophomore, 5'9". He has 50. 53 tackles. He's had at least six in every playoff game so far, and he has really helped fill the middle of that defense very nicely. We are just 10 minutes away from the start of the regional championship. Breckenridge at Ubley. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison between the Huskies and the Bearcats. It's all on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. Listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Ed Klump from Ubley, Michigan for the regional championship between the Breckenridge Huskies and the Ubley Bearcats. As the crow flies, 80 miles separate Breckenridge and Ubley High Schools, east by northeast. For those coming from Breckenridge tonight, it's a 95 mile road trip. You have a different few travel options being just east of Alba. You could technically make it to Ubley with just one left turn if you decide to stay on M46 for 78 long miles. But I might suggest taking M46 to 75 to M81, wrapping your way through Reese, Carroll, and Cass City until you hit M53, then east on Atwater. In the MHSA playoffs, Ubley High School is the fourth smallest school in 11-player football with 170 students. Breckenridge is the eighth smallest at 194, so if by going by student enrollment, it's Breckenridge by Breckenridge, 24 students. This is the first time that the Breckenridge Huskies and Ubley Bearcats have ever faced off. In fact, tonight marks just the third time that Breckenridge has played a Greater Thumb Conference team, Vassar, two weeks ago, and Harbor Beach in 2018, both resulting in Husky victories. This year, Ubley is averaging 43.5 on offense, the best in the Greater Thumb. Breckenridge has the second-best offense in the Mid-States Activities Conference, scoring 33.2. 
On offense, it's favoring the Ubley Bearcats by 10.3 points. Defensively, Ubley is the best in the Greater Them Conference, allowing just 10.9 per game, a number that has improved nearly every single week this year. Breckenridge yields 17.6 per game, the MSAC's number two defense behind Carson City Crystal. So by going by defensive averages, it's Ubley again by 6.7 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in Aaron Rodgers, sports wagering department. Saturday for factory in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, location. The spread for tonight's game sits at ugly 15 and a half points. Today is the 316th day of the year, meaning they're just 49 days until New Year's Eve. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in tonight, whether you're on your way to the game, heading home from work, or perhaps you're out in the fields wrapping up yet another successful sugar beet harvest, which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about sugar beet production. I should, you, you, I should have a decent chance. You should have a here. shot of these. If not, I won't be back next week. That's true. This year's sugar beet harvest is being dug at a record pace and with record amounts. Michigan Sugar officials were predicting a yield of 36 tons per acre this year, which would be a new yield record. But since October 22nd, Michigan Sugar has been averaging an overall 38.8 tons per acre, with some local areas averaging well over 40 tons per acre. Dave, my first question to you is, before this sugar beet season, what was the record of tons per acre set back in 2015? Uh, I actually do know this. It was uh, just, uh, just over 31 tons. You are correct. I don't have the exact 31.64 tons per acre. During a typical year, the grower owners of Michigan Sugar Company harvest about 4.6 million tons of sugar beets. With the higher anticipated yield rates, it's expected that nearly 900 growers will produce 5.8 million tons of sugar beets or 11.6 billion pounds of sugar beets. It was announced on November 1st that due to the increase in yields, Michigan Sugar's 900 grow owners are required to leave 5% of sugar beets in the field this year. That amounts to roughly 8,000 acres of non-processed sugar beets for Michigan Sugar growers. So Dave, my second question is, how many total acres of sugar beets are grown by Michigan Sugar farmers? Uh, oh, goodness. I, that's, that's a big math problem there. It's, uh, it's like 150,000, isn't it? You're very close. I'll give you credit for that one. It's actually 163,000 acres, making Michigan Sugar the third largest beet sugar processor in the United States. Even with leaving 5% of the sugar beet crop unharvested, company officials now believe that it won't be enough to offset the huge numbers they're seeing in terms of tonnage. So Michigan Sugar announced an additional voluntary buyback program based on averages paid for their already delivered crop, amounting in an additional 5,000 unharvested acres. To date, more than 85% of sugar beets have already been harvested, and more than 4.7 million tons of sugar beets have been delivered. Of those, 1.6 million have been sliced at the factory already. So Dave, my final question to you tonight is, as of Wednesday, how many pounds of sugar have been produced this season by Michigan Sugar? Oh, now that I don't know. Um, I'll throw at you uh, 200 million pounds. 440 million pounds of sugar. The average American consumes nearly 152 pounds of sugar a year. That means as of Wednesday, Michigan Sugar has produced enough to supply nearly 2.9 million Americans with a year's supply of sugar, equivalent to the entire population of Mississippi. Now we listen in with our PA announcer, Rick Glaza, and the playing of our national anthem by the Ugly Marching Band.
Current conditions in Ubley, Michigan are 38 degrees with cloudy skies. They're calling for a 23% chance of rain this evening. Winds are the southwest at 9 miles per hour, gusting up to 13. Barometric pressure is rising at 29.73 inches. Dew point is at 36 degrees. It feels like it's 32 degrees out. The humidity is at 85%. Sunset was almost two hours ago at 5.09. And we're currently in a waxing gibbous moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night for football. On November 12th, we had nine hours and 46 minutes of daylight. We've lost three hours and 43 minutes since our first broadcast this season. Ubley won the toss elected to receive your officials tonight. Derek Puffer, Mike Fielder, Dennis LaHamadou, Sammy Call, Don Lloyd, and Dave Hanson. Watch, tell us what our three keys to tonight's game are. Uh, let's talk about our ugly Bearcats, and it, it's we're going to piggyback off of what Coach Sweeney told uh, Ed Klump before the game. And as joking as that might have sound, I really think that is a key to this game: grind out drives. It, their best defense is when their offense is on the field, and if they can put together some six, seven, eight, nine-minute drives like only Ubley can do. This high-powered quarterback, Luke Saunders, this whole offense that we've been hearing about from Breckenridge is completely negated. Their rhythm is taken away. So I think if the Bearcats are able to grind out long drives, sustain them, and finish them with points, Breckenridge will be completely taken out of their elements. And before we kick things off, let's check in with Ed Klump, our sideline reporter. How's it going down there so far tonight, Ed? It's, it's cold uh, down here, Clark. It's uh, football weather. I'll tell you what, Lovely is pumped up and ready to go. It is cold indeed. 12 minutes are on the clock. Breckenridge in their road white uniforms with blue pants, blue numbers with yellow outline, navy blue helmets with a gray face mask. Ubly in their home black uniforms, orange numbers, white outline numbers on their sleeves, black traditional helmet with a black face mask. Deep back for the Ubly Bearcats, that would be... Number 27, Mark Heilig, as well as number 10, Evan Peruski. They stand at their own 10-yard line. A strong wind from the right side of your radio here tonight in Ubley, Michigan. Your kicker for the Huskies for Breckenridge would be number 8, Jake Gillis. He plays slot receiver and defensive end. He's 5'11", 180 pounds, and a senior. The ball is at the 40-yard line, kicking left to right across the radio. It's a mid-range kick, and this one's going to bounce right out of bounds, right aimed at the <laughs> chain gang there. And this will result in an illegal, illegal procedure, so Ubley will have the chance to either take the yards or a re-kick. No question about it. I think they're going to take the yards here, Clark. But uh, nonetheless, this is exactly a this is a great start for Ubley, and they haven't had to do anything yet. This offense comes on the field with pretty good field position and a chance to really set the tone in this game. The Bearcats may be the favored team, but this is the regional championship game. Anything can happen. They haven't seen a team like Breckenridge. Breckenridge hasn't seen a power wing T team like Ubley, and it's uh, going to be exciting to see how these two teams tangle up for four quarters. The LB Bearcats are taking it at their own 35-yard line, right to left across your radio, 12 minutes around the board, with the Breckenridge Huskies going for their third straight regional championship for the LB Bearcats tonight. Coming out in no surprise, the T formation, Evan Persky under center, three men backfield. That would be Obersky, Heilig, and Mueller. It's a handoff to Cal Obersky. He's breaking free of his first tackle. He's brought down at the 48-yard line after a 13-yard gain. Tackle made by defensive end Jake Gillis for the Breckenridge Huskies. They're going to mark him down at the 49 for a 14-yard gain, first and 10. And that's a great start for the Bearcats. The home crowd loves it. And 
An end around, just around the outside, you see Colin Oberski in his standard spot, the left side over the shoulder of quarterback Peruski, and he's the last option around the right side. He cuts right between the tackle and the guard, and it's a quick 10 yards as he isn't touched for the first seven and a first down for Ubley. Ubley coming out in the T formation yet again, working off the right hash at the 49-yard line of their own territory. 11.35 left in the first quarter. Hand off to Mark Heilig up the gut, and he gets out for a stab. Breaks free with second tackle, drags his defender all the way inside the 35 of Breckenridge. Finally brought down by Luke Saunders out of the secondary, and they're going to mark him down finally at the 31-yard line. A huge run for Mark Heilig. Exactly what we said about Breckenridge. They do not play this style of football very often, and it's physical. It takes everything you have. It takes multiple defenders to bring these running backs down, and on the first two plays, that's exactly what happened. They go with Oberski around the right side and Heilig right through the middle, and he leaves white jerseys laying everywhere, and another first down for Ubley. Two plays, two first downs. They're inside Breckenridge territory at the 32-yard line. It's a handoff to number 47, Colin Obersky, and he's brought down right close to the first, uh, right down and close to the line of scrimmage, finally tackled by Kramer Lawrence, outside linebacker for the Breckenridge Huskies after a gain of two at the 30-yard line, second down and eight. Much better job there by the Huskies on defense. They go back to Obersky the way this game started, and that time the linebacker stayed in his gap. He wasn't fooled by all the fakes, and he was able to make a tackle in open space, allowing just uh, Obersky to just get two yards and no yards after contact. Second down, eight to go from the Breckenridge 30-yard line, moving to the left side of the radio. Working off the right hash, Evan Bruski hands it off to Logan Mueller. He's out for the running, down to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Ubley! Logan Mueller from 30 yards out strikes for the Ugly Bearcats and they lead 6-0 with less than two minutes into the ballgame. 10-19 remains in the first quarter and it's already 6-0 Bearcats. A great start for the home team, the Ugly Bearcats. They hand it off a handful of times and they find themselves into the end zone already. Mixing up which back gets the football, Breckenridge. They've been watching tape all week and still don't have an answer. The Bearcats go down and score first and now Mueller will attempt the PAT. Rep Mueller out, awaiting the long snap from Evan Baruski. Cal Sweeney gets the snap, the kick is up, and it is, it is good. It is now 7-0, Breckenridge trailing the Ubley Bearcats, 10-19 remaining in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. It's 7-0, Ubley Bearcats lead. Ed Klump on the sidelines. What's the feel down there on the sidelines? The whole Ubley team is pumped up. It couldn't start it any better for them. Uh, coach said that the fakes were going to be key, and it really was there. It's hard to pick up the ball down here. You can't tell who has it. Thank you, Ed Klump, our sideline reporter for tonight's regional championship game. As the Ubley Bearcats lead 7-0 after a four-play, 66-65-yard drive. Resulting in seven points after Brett Mueller, PAT, the Mueller's on all the points so far. And this kick goes through the back of the end zone for a touchback. The Ubley fan base is fired up and for good reason. And they lead 7-0 with 10-19 remaining in the first quarter, leading 7-0. Well, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this Breckenridge offense to respond because they certainly do not want to have a short series here, a three and out of some kind, and put that ugly offense right back on the field right away. An answer here is a must for uh, this Breckenridge offense. Breckenridge comes out on offense, trailing 7-0, two wide each way. 
Saunders in the shotgun has number 10, Kramer Lawrence, to his left. Now a man in motion, that would be number 8, Jake Gillis, coming to the near sidelines to trips to the right, splitting the hash marks from the 20-yard line, 10-19 remaining in the first quarter. Ubley already leading 7-0, Ubley's defense adjusting. Play clock under 10. There's the snap, and it's going to be quarterback keeper rolling to his right, looking to pass now downfield, and this one's miscommunicated as he's trying to find his favorite target, Jace Horman, at the 30-yard line. Horman went to the middle of the field, and the left-handed quarterback threw to the outside of him, incomplete, second down and 10. So all the fakes, the, the jet sweep fake, the handoff, everything is fake to his left. And remember, we have another left-handed quarterback on the field for Breckenridge. So when he rolls to his right, Clark, and that pressure comes from the uh, face on side, he's got to plant his feet, turn his body, and throw across that shoulder in a hurry. And when he releases it, it's just behind the receiver. The slant route was there, but he just threw it behind an open receiver, and it falls harmlessly to the ground incomplete. A wing back to the left, one receiver to the left, two to the right, and it's going to be a handoff to number 10, Kramer Lawrence, and the black jerseys swarm to him there at the original line of scrimmage at the 20-yard line. Lean the charge, Kyle Nabursky at defensive end, six foot one, 180-pound senior, brings him down for no gain, third down and 10. Kyle Nabursky, Candon Peruski in the area as well, and that's what it's going to take to tackle that big running back in Kramer Lawrence, but no problem there. And I think what's impressed me the most, uh, I know Marlette probably isn't at the same caliber as Breckenridge, but that four-man front did a great job of stopping the run last week, and there was good evidence of that right there on second down. Looking to pass, staying in the pocket, throwing downfield. Now he's going to scramble to the left. Looking now, comes back to the right, nowhere to go, and he's going to throw downfield, lets this one chuck down. It is brought into the 40-yard line by Horman, and he's tackled on the spot by Kyle Sweeney. Flag flies from the opposite side after the play, Kyle Sweeney brings him down at the 40-yard line for a 20-yard pickup on a conversion on third down. And we very well may have an illegal re receiver downfield, and that is exactly what it is against Breckenridge as one, someone on the line went a little too far down the field, and that is going to cost them a first down. And so instead, this is going to push Breckenridge deep, deeper into their own territory. So Breckenridge runs a little play action, but after that, it's simply Luke Saunders buying time. The offensive line does a great job. Ubley's defensive front unable to get in the backfield. You see Saunders moving around out there, and if you leave uh, his favorite receiver, Horman, out there in one-on-one -on -one coverage for that long, Saunders is going to dance around and make that completion every single time. But because it took so long, one of them offensive linemen simply just lost track of time blocking for 8, 9, 10 seconds. They got too far down the field, and it's going to cost them a few yards. That's a five-yard penalty on the illegal man downfield. And now we have whistles as they're trying to square this one away to figure out exactly where it is as the rain starts to come back down. And frankly, that rain is coming down a little soft. It's on the verge of turning into snow. Third down and 15 from the Breckenridge 15-yard line. Ubley leading 7-0 in the regional championship. 9-15 remains in the first quarter. Saunders calling for the snap. Snap back, staying in the pocket, throwing downfield to the near sideline to Horman. It's against Cal Sweeney, and he says incomplete. Cal Sweeney did not turn around, had his hands up, did, I mean, away from the receiver. Incomplete, no flag, incomplete, fourth and 15. Uh, and uh, that is just simply snap, drop back, and throw it deep to your favorite receiver. And in my opinion, 49 out of 50 times, that's pass interference, Clark. Yes. Uh, no question about it. You see the receiver, it's a little underthrown because of how high he threw it. And when he comes back to the football, I don't care if your hands are up, down, it doesn't matter. You run into the receiver like that, it's pass interference, and that is a huge break for the Bearcats because their defense makes a stop, and now it's fourth and long. Back to punt would be 
Number 10, Kramer Lawrence. Number 12, excuse me, Luke Saunders. And he punts this one away. No one back for the LB Bearcats. It bounces into Bearcat territory by three yards. And it's downed by the Breckenridge special teams. Derek Maley brings it in at the 47-yard line of Ubley. So Ubley with a short field, a favorable 53-yard field after a 38-yard punt from Saunders. Puts the Ubley Bearcats back on the field, leading 7-0. This game going exactly the way Coach Sweeney and this staff wanted it to go. We want to win the toss. Let's get the football, score a touchdown, and then show off our defense getting a three-and-out disaster start for Breckenridge. But just the way our home team wants it here in Ubley, 7-0, and we got the football with great field position. Breckenridge with the ball for just a minute 24 on that drive. No first downs, 0-for-1 on third down. T formation, right to left cross your radio. Hand off to number 27, Colin Obersky. He gets out for about nine yards all the way to the Breckenridge 44-yard line before he's stopped by Luke Saunders. Outside linebacker, excuse me, Mark Heilig on that carry after a nine-yard gain. They get that fullback dive right up the middle. It's quick. It's hard to keep an eye on, and then both running backs have seven, Clark. It's, uh, it's amazing we haven't goofed that up more, but Mark Heilig quickly right through the middle. A little hesitation, and then right off center, and you can see that linebacker hit him at about the three- or four-yard mark, and Heilig drags him for the rest of the way, and now second down and one for Ubley. A nine-yard gain, second down and one from the Brookridge 44-yard line. Evan Bruski hands it off this time to Colin Bruski. He gets the first down. Not much more than that. He got two yards when they needed one. Tackle made by Collins. Sits outside linebacker from Breckenridge. Move the chains on second down. When this offense is running good, you, you will see four different plays. You'll see Mark Heilig right up the middle. You'll see Mueller go from right to left. And you will see Colin Bruski go from left to right. That fourth option would be... Evan Peruski keeping it himself, but the way this offense is going, running the football, they are not going to put Evan Peruski in harm's way. It will come eventually, but right now there is no need for it as they are cruising here in the first quarter. First and 10 from the Breckenridge, 42-yard line. Less than eight to play in the first quarter. 7-0, ugly leading on their second drive this evening. Evan Peruski hands it off, this time to Logan Mueller. He drags his defenders all the way to the line to gain at the 32-yard line. Stop made by Luke Saunders after a 9.5-yard pickup. This is going to set up a second down and very short for the Ubley Bearcats, marching down the field in chunks. It's just unbelievable. It doesn't matter how many guys the Breckenridge puts into the box. It does not make a difference. The Ubley Bearcats block the guy that they need to, and the running backs do the rest. There's when Breckenridge attempts to make a tackle, they are being dragged downfield for extra yards. Another nine-yard gain on first down for Ubley. Second and a yard to go from the Breckenridge 33-yard line. Breckenridge crowding the line. There's the snap, handoff to Logan Mueller. He has the first down, dragging three jerseys with him all the way down to the 26-yard line before forward progress has stopped. Luke Saunders on yet another tackle. That's his fourth tackle this evening. And Logan Mueller on his fourth carry gets across the 50-yard marker so far for the Bearcats. First and 10. Again, couldn't go any better for Ubley. Same multiple guys. They got us eight carries on the night each running back has two or three even distribution so far and Breckenridge just hasn't had a clue and they haven't even seen their Ubley's best yet with Evan Peruski with the ball in his hands first and 10 from the 27 yard line Logan Mueller on another carry breaks out of one tackle drinks his second defender inside the 10 yard line and finally brought down at the nine yard line stop made by Jason Lopshire for the Breckenridge Huskies, move the chains, first and goal to go. We were hearing about this linebacking core of Breckenridge, that they are really the heart and soul of this defense. But if you're going to try and arm tackle these running backs, you got a whole other thing coming. He just blew right through the arms of number 10, Kramer Lawrence, one of their better tackles, leaves him behind and dragging other defenders well inside the red zone. And the Bearcats now inside the 10, first and goal. 
First and goal to go from the nine-yard line. Working off the left hash. Evan Bruski under center. Three men backfield. Handoff to Logan Mueller. He's into the end zone. Touchdown. Logan Mueller and the Bearcats. That is the second score for Logan Mueller tonight. And it puts up the Bearcats by 13 points with 6-19 remaining in the first quarter. It's 13-0. Ugly. The route is on. It almost seems too uh, too easy for the Bearcats. But we said before this game started, Ugly was favored, favored heavily. And here's why. You can see the offense of Breckenridge. It's there. You can see the talent, the pieces. And at some point, tonight you'll probably see some big connections to his wide receivers but they have no answer for the physicality and the deceptiveness of this running offense and the Bearcats simply running it right into their throats two straight quick scores for the Bearcats this time six plays marches them down the field 53 yards the PAT from Brett Mueller is good it's 14-0 I'll be leading the Breckenridge Huskies in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network It's 14-0, Ubley leading the Breckenridge Huskies with 6-19 left in the first quarter. Ed Klump on the sidelines. What is Eric Sweeney's message to his team down there? It really is. Everything's going their way, but he's telling them to stay focused. Stay focused. This is still a dangerous team. Uh, and they're going against the win right now, so that's, it's hard to pass. Maybe when the field flips, could be a different story. So you're saying stay focused, stay, stay tough. Thank you, Ed Klump, on the sidelines. Six plays, 53 yards, results in Logan Mueller's second score this evening. Makes it 14-0 with 6-19 remaining in the first quarter. Handoff to the actually quarterback keeper for uh, Saunders. He's out to the left far sideline, gets it about five yards when all said and done. Knocked out of bounds by Evan Peruski for the LB Bearcats playing QB sneak there. They're going to say not even five yards, and when all of a sudden done, he ran about 60, and he got two yards forward. And you see with the spread offense, at two receivers each direction, they like to run read option and let their veteran quarterback, Luke Saunders, make that decision. He pulls it out of his running back's hand, keeps it to the left, and had to dodge a lot of uh, defensive players on that play to, just to get that four Penalty yards. Penalty marker on the start, and it's going to be a false start against the Breckenridge Huskies on a second and eight. So it's getting worse for them this evening. So this is going to disco night early and pushes them back five yards from the 22 back to the 17-yard line. Yeah, you can you can put that on the left tackle or the left guard, Dylan Goward or Slayton Miller. Both of them were pulling to the right to set up a running play. Both of them started pulling before the snap started, and that's going to cost Breckenridge five yards. Second and 13 for the Huskies. Deep in their own territory, trailing by two scores halfway through the first quarter. It's six minutes remaining. It's 14-0, ugly striking on their first two series this evening. Saunders in the shotgun, tailback behind him. That'll be Lawrence. Man in motion, Gillis. And he passes quick in the flats, and this one is thrown behind his intended receiver on the slant route. That would be number 13, Derek Maley, on the inner incomplete pass. Third down and 13. Luke Saunders a little off to start this game. They, they, he was wide open. It, was, uh, it wasn't a play that was going to get a first down, but could have got him a, a nice seven or eight yards. You see uh, the receiver is 13, Derek Maley. He's in the slot on the right side, and it's a drag route right across, this, right across the field, right behind the linebackers, right to left, and he just flat-out missed him. Saunders in trouble. He's going to scramble. He throws this one downfield, and it's intercepted at the 35-yard line, brought in 
by Matt Brandle. Matt Brandle still on his feet inside the 10, down to the 5, and he's finally tackled inside the 5. Tackle made by Zach Horner. The center finally tracks him down, and Matt Brandle makes it count. He gets the returns that one, 32 yards in for a first and goal situation here for the LB Bearcats. And they are knocking on the door for the third time tonight. 537 remaining in the first. Luke Saunders, a true gunslinger. Ubley uh, blings a nice blitz, forces Saunders to his left, which is the way he wants to roll out. And he absolutely flips that one down the field effortlessly. But effortlessly. You can see that ball fighting the wind. And, and I think if the wind was going the other way, this play goes the other way. There was a wide open receiver. Matt Brandle had him undercut. But it was in the perfect place. Takes the football away and turns it into instant offense for Ubley. Evan Bruski hands out to Kyle Nabruski. One play, one score more. It's now 20-0. The Ubley Bearcats leading the Breckenridge Huskies. 5.32 remaining in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. It's now 21-0 after Kyle Nabrowski four-yard run. Brett Mueller puts in his third PAT of the evening. Ed Klump, you're going to run out of things to talk about down there. What's the sidelines like? They're, they're ecstatic. Coach, Coach Sweeney just keeps telling the boys, just keep it up. Keep the pedal to the metal. Don't, don't let your foot off their neck. It's certainly doing that so far, Dave Hanson. 21-0, 532 left here in the first quarter. We knew Ubley wouldn't have much trouble scoring on Breckenridge, but absolutely impressed with the defense as usual, making life miserable for Luke Saunders. The kick comes into the two-yard line. They try and do a reverse, and he gets out. That'd be number 22, Ryan Wolfgang, tackled by Kyle Sweeney, out close to the 20-yard line, actually right at the 20-yard line. So this is as good as a touchback for Brett Mueller. First and 10 from the Breckenridge Huskies, yet to achieve a first down this evening. This Ubley defense has won so far. They the, the coverage has been tight. They've completely eliminated the running game. Luke Saunders has had some room to run, but you can tell they absolutely are struggling into the wind, and this defense has just been in their face for this entire first quarter. First and 10, left, right across your radio. Wind in their face, 525 left in the first quarter. Trips to the right, one to the left in the shotgun. Saunders looks to pass, throws the sound field, and this one is nearly caught at the 26-yard line intended for Jake Gillis. It hit his hands twice. He couldn't bring it in, and it falls to the ground effortlessly. Second out and 10. Yeah, but keep in mind, Chris Oswald's in great coverage, and I think if Oswald is turned to the quarterback, he could take that one himself. It was thrown right at him, but he's trying to stay with that wide receiver, making sure there's no yards after catch. But he's in good coverage, and the ball falls incomplete again. Second down, 10 from the 20-yard line. Same formation. Saunders claps, waiting for the snap. There it is. And we have whistles, and this is going to be another false start against the Breckenridge Huskies as the receiving core took off a hot second before that snap was held, so now it's going to be instead of a second and 10, a second and, a second and 15 yards. Now these wide receivers are getting antsy, guys. It's their best receiver, Jace Horman, with the with the penalty, just trying to get that early start. Uh, he's He's been open, and they've had chances down the field, but uh, their star quarterback, Luke Saunders, starts this game 0 for 5 with an interception. Absolute disaster for Breckenridge. The Breckenridge Huskies take their first time out of the first half, 519 remaining in the first quarter. And it is Ubley leading 21-0 right here on the WLW Sports Network. Yeah. 
It's 21-0. The Ubley Bearcats leading the Breckenridge Huskies. Dave Hansen, Breckers can really can't seem to do anything so far. They can't, but they, they've been open down the field. You can see that there's been opportunities, but Luke Saunders has just missed. I, Ed, I don't know what you're seeing down there. Anything different? No, the receivers are running a little bit open. Their quarterback's just a little bit off, and the coaches for Ubley are telling them, you know, hey, let's make sure that we get on those guys and cover. And there is an open receiver, but he drops it at the 22-yard line. He had no one around him. That was number eight, Jake Gillis. Cannot bring it in. A little under throw and falls incomplete. Third down and 15. And you nailed it right there, Clark. The coach for Breckenridge does a good job. Calls a timeout. Let's corral his team. I got to get my quarterback in some kind of rhythm. We'll try to just throw a little curl route, a little five-yard curl route. Let's get him a, a momentum-type throw. And even that, he missed. Wide open. No, no defenders near him. A five-yard throw, and it's short. It would have hit the receiver's ankle. He does a, a heck of a job to try and scoop it, but it hits the ground, and Albany's defense holds up again. Third and 15. They're going for a little bit of flea flicker here. Saunders looking throw downfield. He has the arm, and this one's going to be into th three black jerseys, and it's batted down at the 43-yard line. That one easily could have been intercepted by the Bearcats. Secondary again falls incomplete. Breckenridge unable to convert yet on a third down on their third drive. Yeah, so they show a pitch to the left and then another pitch back. So a reverse and then he flips it back to the quarterback. So a double, the reverse turns into the flea flicker. Ugly not fooled at all. But if you're going to just choose to throw it downfield deep effortlessly, you got to at least throw it to 99, Chase Horman. It's it's the number eight, and I give Jake Gillis credit. Matt Brandle had every opportunity to steal that ball, and Jake Gillis had to play defensive back and swat that ball down to make sure it wasn't another interception. And we have another flag coming from the head linesman on the far side of the field. Now we have a player running off for Breckenridge. That was number 87, Colton Gavenda. And they sub him out. So Breckenridge really can't seem to get anything going here so far. Ubley firing on all 12 cylinders this V12 tonight so far. And Saunders waiting back to punt. you got to wonder if there's some kind of equipment failure there or something, but keep an eye on the snap. He, he was the long snapper there. And the punt is away. It's not a great punt. It bounces inside Breckenridge territory into the wind and comes to rest at the Breckenridge 49-yard line with 4.56 left into the wind, a 36-yard punt. And Ubley will start out at the Breckenridge 49-yard line, 49-yard field in front of him, leading 21-0 with 4.56 left in the first quarter. Ubley already out by three touchdowns. Can't ask for anything more for the home team. The Ubley Bearcats come out in dominating fashion, kind of like we saw regular season, and nothing has changed here as we make our way into their third game of the playoffs. 21-0. This might be their best explosive evening. I thought it would take some long control-the-clock type drives. That's what they're trying to do, but they have gotten so many big, consistent plays, they've just run it right down the teeth of this Husky defense. Regneridge had the ball for just for 34 seconds on that three and out. It's a handoff to 27. Mark Hiley goes up the gut and does not get far, maybe out for a yard, actually, at the original line of scrimmage. Tackle made by number 54, Carlos Bryant-McDaniel for the Breckenridge defense. And they're going to mark him down to the 49 as that drive starts actually at the 50-yard line. Gain of one there, really nothing on the play for Heilig, and that's really the first time tonight I think we've said that as he runs into a white jersey and he's able to make that tackle right away, not allowing that extra yards after contact. So, second down, nine to go for the Ubley Bearcats, 4.20 left in this first quarter. 21-0, Ubley leading Breckenridge in the regional championship. T formation for Evan Bruski and the Bearcats, handoff to Logan Mueller. Trying to fight his way down to the 47-yard line for another two-yard gain. 
double team there by Xavier Garcia as well as Jake Gillis for the Husky defense. I believe with facing their first third down tonight, third and seven from the Breckenridge 47. And it might be the first time you see Evan Peruski keeping himself. This is about that time where you put it into to a special talent like him, the sophomore quarterback, and let him decide. I fully expect a quarterback keeper on the outside. We've been waiting for it. It feels like we're, we should be near halftime with the amount of scores we have, and he hasn't kept the ball for himself yet. Keep an eye on him on this play. Three. 40 and counting here in the first quarter. Third and seven for the LB Bearcats from the Breckenridge 47. Quarterback keeper Evan Perusky breaks out of one tackle and brought down after about a five-yard gain to the 42-yard line. Ripped down by Ryan Wolfgang. He plays out of the secondary. 5'8", five, five, 155-pound junior. Fourth down, two yards to go. I might to believe Ollie's going for this. No question about it. Normally you see quarterback Peruski fake all three times and then keep that quarterback that bootleg around to the weak side and really try to sell all three of those fakes to keep for himself this time he fakes it to high leg and then does that pivot and 180 degree spin and head back to the right and if Ryan Wolfgang doesn't make that tackle not only does Peruski get a first down but Ubley scores for the fourth time Ubley going with a wing tee to the right working off the right hash to the left side of your radio Handoff to Mark Heilig. He has the first down and drags his defender all the way across the 35 and finally brought down to the 33-yard line. Jace Horman going for the free ride there. Moves the chains, converts on fourth down. A fresh set of downs for the OB Bearcats. That was the, the first opportunity that Breckenridge has put together a couple good defensive stops. And fourth down and three is no gimme. That's what that wing T offense is built to get is three yards. When you hand it off to Mark Heilig, Breckenridge had no answer for it. And it starts with Peruski and that threat of making that big play. They then have to take them extra linebackers and take them outside a little bit. Be ready for Peruski to keep it. And that's when Heilig hits it right up the middle for another first down for Ubley. First and 10 from the 32-yard line of Breckenridge. Ubley on offense going for their fourth score and it's a handoff to Cal Nabruski. And he has nearly the first down on a 10-yard rumble. Number 11, Collins sits the outside linebacker, dragging him all the way down. They're going to mark him down after a nine-yard gain, second down a yard to go. And that's more like we saw in the first couple series. Nine yards on first down. That is just backbreaking for this Breckenridge team. And if they don't come up with a stop here soon, uh, I mean, this game already feels like it's over before it even started. But they need something to go their way, and the Bearcats just will not let off the accelerator. Second down, just a yard to go at the 24 of Breckenridge. Minute 35 left in the first. Breckenridge on defense, and they hand it off for the Ugly Bearcats for Yukal Nabursky. He has the first down for two yards. Tackle made by Collins sits outside linebacker. Move the chains and conversion yet again. First and 10 for the Ugly Bearcats. Better job by Breckenridge, but. When you're ugly and you get nine on first down, you only need two on that second down carry, and they continue to move the chains, and now really starting to wear down this Breckenridge team. They've already warmed down with a couple quick scores, and now really trying to eat some clock and continue this drive in for their fourth score of the night. First and 10 from the 22 of Breckenridge Ubley, knocking on the door for the fourth time tonight in the first 11 minutes of this ballgame. Evan Bruski rolling to his left, looking to pass, and now throws this downfield, and it is brought in by Matt Brandle at the six-yard line, sliding into second base to bring that one in. It can, catches it and moves the chains yet again. 
First and goal to go from the six-yard line for Matt Brandle on the catch. And that play-action pass on first down almost ensures the fact that Ubley's going to score a touchdown here because now Breckenridge has no idea what is coming next. You see the fakes and that naked bootleg to the left, and Bruski has all the running room he wants. He's got two receivers out of three that are open downfield, and he can't decide which one to throw it to. He hits Matt Brandle. The throw's a little low. wasn't his best throw, but give credit to Matt Brandle. He slides safely and makes that catch, scoops it off the turf, and now first and goal deep in Breckenridge. Peruski hands it off to Mark Heilig. He's in untouched from five and six yards out. Mark Heilig takes on the fourth score of the night for the Ubley Bearcats. It's now 27-0 with 21 seconds remaining still in the first quarter. Yes, I said that right. The first quarter. It is 27-0 with a Brett Mueller PAT on the way. Can you say, Clark, just dominating, impressive are the words that come to mind. And just on all sides of the football, as we said, they've been all year long, just showcasing it here against this Breckenridge team. The kick is up, and it is good. Brett Mueller now four for four on the night, capping off a 50-yard eight-play drive. In four minutes and 35 seconds off the clock for the LB Bearcats, makes it 28-0 over the Breckenridge Huskies right here on the WLW Sports Network. Nothing. The Ugly Bearcats throttling Breckenridge through the first 11 minutes of this game. Ed Klump on the sidelines. It's got to be a, a very good celebratory field down there so far. It really is. Coach told them to keep their head in the game. He pointed to his head say, play smart, keep your head heads in the game. Then he turned around and gave me a wink. <laughs> okay, I'll take that as a good sign. As the kick comes down to the two-yard line brought in by number 22, that would be Ryan Wolfbang, Wolfgang. Excuse me. Evan Bruski brings him down. And it's going to be first and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies yet to achieve a first down this evening with 14 seconds left in the first quarter. Well, so far they've had nine plays of total offense in this first quarter for two total yards. This Bearcat defense has been almost perfect in the first quarter. First and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies from their own 20-yard line. Even without a touchback, Mueller pins the Breckenridge Huskies at the 20-yard line. Spread formation, pitch out to the right side to number 13. That would be Derek Maley, and he's brought down in the backfield at the 16-yard line. Big man, 77, Ethan Gillig, the nose guard, 6'2", 195-pound senior, brings him down for a four-yard loss. And it's going to set up a second and 14, but not until the second quarter. We've played 12 minutes. It is 28-0, ugly leading Breckenridge in the regional championship right here on the WLW Sports Network. Nothing. Ugly leading after 12 minutes of play. Ed Clump, you just had a small little chat with Eric Sweeney. What's he have to say? He said he said these guys guy have to stay on their toes. These guys, Breckenridge can score in bunches. That's what he said. That is true. As Breckenridge scored three straight times in the fourth quarter to upset Fowler last week. 
We know we know they can score in a hurry, but this deficit has got to be just devastating on that away sideline. And keep in mind now, as we switch sides of the field, this is Breckenridge's chance, one chance to get back in this game. The wind is now at their back, and the deep ball has been there. The receiver's just unable to haul him down, so I fully expect them to try and attack this Bearcat defense deep down the field. It's 28-0. I'll be leading Breckenridge after 12 minutes of play. Breckenridge on offense, second down and 14. Quarterback keeper around the right side. He has positive yards, and he's spun down beyond the 25-yard line out to the 27-yard line for an 11-yard gain. Tackle made by Caden Bruski, linebacker for the other Bearcats. That's the danger we saw from Luke Saunders. Uh, yeah, again, I, I know Ubley has to contain these wide receivers. They have to contain that quarterback, but that's the first time Saunders has kept it and done anything with it, but you can see the danger. Breckenridge now going in tempo. Another quarterback keeper for Saunders, and he's going to be ripped down behind the line of scrimmage for a yard loss. Actually, he's not down yet, and he's finally going to be brought down at the Ubley, or the Breckenridge 36-yard line, and that's going to be enough to move the chains on a second effort. Finally stopped by Evan Bruski, as everyone, including myself, thought he was down behind the line of scrimmage. Instead, he, on a second effort, gets out beyond the chains. And he should have been, but the Ubley defender pulls him down on top of his body, and Luke Saunders bounces off of him and keeps going. A heads-up play by him and really a break for this Breckenridge offense. Breckenridge their first first down of the night comes with 11-15 remaining in the second quarter. Breckenridge in the shotgun. Saunders looking to pass rolling to his left now looking to throw downfield lets us check down he's got 99 Horman open but this one is overthrowing as Horman looks like he almost lost it in the lights there for a moment before he was able to locate it behind him. Falls incomplete two black jerseys around him and sets up a second down and 10 from the 36. It's the improvisation, Clark. It's that communication. When that play doesn't work, they take away the screen pass. The Bearcats do. You see Saunders buy some time, roll out to his left, and then it's what happens after the play is over for Jace Horman. The play's over. It doesn't work. He leaks out to the left, and when the quarterback fires it downfield, he throws it up the middle of the field, and that forces Horman to turn around, and he's unable to find the football as it floats over his head. Saunders in the shotgun, second and 10 from their own 36, handoff to Lorenz, he has room to run, he has the first down, and he's dragged down at the Breckenridge 47, even the 48-yard line by Kyle Sweeney, after an 11, maybe even 12-yard gain, move the chains for the second time for the Breckenridge Huskies. For Breckenridge, I think that's their best chance on offense, is let their quarterback buy some time and throw it downfield, and you can see the threat, the ability to make a play down the field, then you see Ubley take a step back, and then you attack him with the running game. It's more of an outside-in type strategy, and I think it could work. Handoff to Lawrence going to the right side, and there's a scrum from the Ubley defense as they can say Ford Progress has him stopped for just a yard loss. Leading the charge for the Ubley Bearcats was Logan Vollmering, nose guard, 5'10", 180-pound junior. Not on that play. They hand it off. There's no read option, which I which I don't like. you got to run that option. At least make those ends. Think about the quarterback keeping it. They just do a direct handoff to the running back, and when he runs into the back of his offensive lineman, it's all Bearcats swarming him down in the backfield. The Ubley Bearcats take a timeout. Ed Klump will be listening in into the sideline. It's time for a short break right here on the W. LW Sports Network, 28-0, Ubley Liddy. Ubley calls their first time out this first half. Ed Klump, what's going on down there? Well, the, Breckenridge has the win now, so the quarterback, that last throw, you could tell it was a lot better. The receiver just couldn't find it in lights. On a second and one, Breckenridge hands it off to number 11. That's Collins Sitz. 
run, running back gets out for two yards when they needed just one. Tackle made by Ubley's Parker Peruski. Defensive tackle, but not until after a conversion. I don't know. That was second down and 11, Clark. It's oh, excuse be third me. No, down, <laughs> third down and nine. I was looking at the wrong stick there. Yes, How about that? Correct. Yeah. It's not a good sign for the Huskies, though. Back to pass. Saunders rolling to his right quarterback keeper. He's scrambling. Breaks out of one tackle. Come to the near sideline. Face mask or uh, stiff arm at the 50-yard line. Lowers the shoulders. Gets out to the Ubley 46-yard line, and he made... Absolutely something out of that, out of nothing at all. It's going to set up a fourth down and three for the record of Chesky's inside Ubley territory as Saunders was all over the field on that one. And that's just an incredible individual effort. The pocket breaks down, and he's able to tuck it and make guys miss. We saw two very good stiff arms to get five yards out of that play, but it's still fourth down and four, and maybe make it fourth down and nine now, Clark. So instead of a fourth and four, another false start. This is the third of the evening for the Brecker and Chesky offense. Number 55, Dylan Goward jumped on that one and this is going to push him back from a fourth and four to a fourth and nine across midfield and back into Breckenridge territory. Oh, that's that has also been something we haven't talked about. It's multiple penalties, a couple different false starts, different things that they've done on offense that's taken bad situations and making them worse. I know you're a good passing offense and you trust your ability to pick up first downs, but it's a lot easier to convert a fourth down and four with a quick slant or a yep. screen. But when you get started getting fourth down and nines, fourth down and thirteens, you're looking at deep passes down the field and that allows Ubley plenty of time to mix up the blitz packages or drop a whole bunch of defenders in the secondary. Breckeridge going for it on a fourth and nine from their own 48 yard line. Back to pass. Saunders staying in the pocket. Now scrambling. Rolling to his right. Throwing downfield. Flips it out there and this one's underthrown at the 49 of Ubley. Pass was intended for Jake Gillis. Falls incomplete. Underthrown and this is going to be a turnover on downs for the Breckeridge Huskies. Giving the ball back to the Ubley Bearcats with a 48 yard field in front of them. Saunders just looks lost with this win. He bought some time. You see triple coverage on Jace Horman, which is not intentional. It's supposed to be double coverage. Three defensive backs travel with Horman deep down the field, 50 yards down the field, which means number eight, Jake Gillis, is left wide open, a dump-off valve on the right side of, of the play, about five yards down the field. And when, when the quarterback Saunders rotates to his right, trying to buy time, he's wide open and simply short-arms it. It could have been an easy catch for five, turn it upfield. Could have been a nice big play for Breckenridge, but this Bearcat defense taking everything away. Back to pass, rolling down. It's bootleg out to Matt Brandle as Evan Bruski came to the near sideline, throws it downfield, and Matt Brandle had to fully extend out for it. Could not bring in the catch. Falls incomplete of the 33 of Breckenridge. False, uh, incomplete, second and ten. So they call play action on first down. You see Peruski. Act like he's going to keep it, and three receivers go down the field, and I think all three of them were behind the secondary, but it was to the right, and you even you see Peruski has to turn his body, throw it with that left hand across his body. He throws it a little high, fighting the wind, and it's up for Matt Brandle to jump and go get it. He juggles it a little, and it falls incomplete. Second and ten to hand out to Mark Heilig right up the gut and gets across the 45 down to the 44-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Kramer Lawrence, middle linebacker for the Breckenridge Huskies. Third down and six for the LB Bearcats. I love the aggressive nature, though, by Coach Sweeney. On first down, you call play action, knowing that you can still run the football on second down and get back to third down and manageable with this field position. Fourth down is definitely we're going to go if it gets there. But that play was wide open, and you can believe that Coach Sweeney is going to dial up that pass play again if he needs it. There was plenty of receivers open, and his quarterback typically does not miss that easy throw. 
Third down, six to go for the Ugly Bearcats in Breckenridge territory at the 44. Quarterback keeper Evan Bruski nearly slips. Cuts up. He has the first down across the 35 and dragging his defender all the way down to the 30-yard line. That'd be Jake Gillis bringing down Evan Bruski for after a long run for Peruski. Converting on third downs brings up a fresh set of downs for the Bearcats. First and 10 from the Breckenridge 29-yard line. 15-yard game. That's where you see Peruski fake that pitch to the near side of the field and then quick make that spin to the right and when he spins he almost spins right out of his shoes he's able to put his hand on the ground to keep his balance and then after that it's a race and he's dragging defenders down with him for another big gain for the Bearcats now first and 10 inside the Breckenridge 30. From the 29 on the right side of your radio Peruski under center surveying the prairie wing T to the right wing back to the right that's Logan Mueller under center there's the snap handoff to Kyle Burski rumbles ahead down to the 26 yard line for a three yard gain tackle made by Andrew Zidniga for the Breckenridge defense second down and seven upcoming just no answer for the running game guys and we're going to say it all night long it doesn't matter what who they move around who they put where the ugly Bearcats just run it with who they want whenever they want they can get four three four five yards it seems like on any play they want and play action pass is always a weapon when needed Second down, seven. Ubley taking their time as they lead 28-0 over Breckenridge with seven minutes remaining still in the first half. Wing T to the right, splitting the hash marks. Logan Mueller to the right. Highly in Oberski in the backfield behind Peruski, who's under center. Peruski hands it off to Mark Heilig. He has room to run, dragged down inside the 20, and finally forward progress stopped at the 19 by Luke Saunders, outside linebacker. It looks like he has the first down by yard, eight-yard gain. Move the chains on second down. You gotta love it. They do wing T to the right, so they just throw yet another option at this Breckenridge defense as they take uh, Colin Oberski, put him on the right side behind the tight end, and show that they're gonna overload that side. And what do they do? They hand it off to the left, the opposite way to Mark Heilig on the weak side where there's less defenders. Yes, there's less blockers, but less defenders, and he's able to push the pile ahead and get yet another first down for this ugly offense. First and 10 from the 18-yard line of Breckenridge. Knocking on the door for the fifth time, a handoff to Logan Mueller. He has room to run inside the five. Touchdown, Ubley. Logan Mueller from 18 yards out tacks on his third score this evening, and it's now Ubley 34, Breckenridge nothing with 6-11 remaining in the first half. They've had no answer for Logan Mueller in this game. They, they, I, I'm not sure if it's so focused on Peruski or Mark Heilig or what it is, but it seems like they run it with Heilig. They do a keeper with Peruski. They go Colin Oberski a couple times, and then when they go back to Logan Mueller, they've got it three times tonight. It's worked every time, and Logan Mueller's rewarded them with three touchdowns in this first half. The PAT is good for Mueller. It's now 35-0. Ubley leading Breckenridge with 6-11 remaining in the second quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. It's 35-0, Ubley leading with 6-11 left in the second quarter at Clump on the sidelines. You could really feel everything change after that touchdown. Everyone's smiling. The coaches are actually joking around with the players right now. Uh, it is a good feeling. It's a, oh, it, They're not celebrating just yet, but they're getting there. Mueller's kick comes in and close to the goal line and is brought out by number 22, Ryan Wolfgang. And he gets out to about the 20-yard line, actually the 15-yard line. We have a flag away from the play. And this very well could 
As we're straight, the officials still discussing this one. That would be the white cap of Derek Puffer, your referee out of the Flint area. And they're saying no flag on that. They pick it up. Waved off flags. No penalty. First and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies. Looks like at the 17-yard line. About a 15-yard return there is that kick. They take it in at the two, bounces at the five, up at the two, and they, they do a handoff, try to disguise who returns the football, trying to get the hands in their playmaker, Jace Horman, but he's not going anywhere. Ubley not fooled, and yet another long field for Breckenridge is Ubley dominating everything, including field position in this game. Trips to the left, one to the right, out of the shotgun. Saunders keeps it for himself. Now he's scrambling, this one throws to the near sideline on a quick flip to Jake Gillis. This hits the ground incomplete. And it stops the clock with 5.50 left in the second quarter. 35-0, ugly leading Breckenridge. Second and 10 for Breckenridge. Not sure if Breckenridge plays, uh, you know, in, an, in a heated dome or what, but uh, uh, Saunders took off his glove, and I'm here to tell you that that throw wasn't any better than the first uh, the first um, nine he attempted. He's 0 for 10 on the night, Clark, with one interception on the night. Second and 10, quads to the left, and a quick pass to the near sideline, and this cannot be brought in by Jake Gillis. He hit his hands a little overthrown. And he could not bring that in on the near sideline of the 30-yard line. Falls incomplete. Now Breckenridge facing a third and 10. You can see the talent, Clark. That is effortless throw on the money. It's a little high, a little bit overthrown, but and I'm not going to blame that one on the receiver. It's on the quarterback. But the ball's there. The routes are there. These receivers have found openings. Saunders has targeted many of those open receivers, but unable to hit that throw down the field. And this is forcing long, long third down conversion. Third and 10 now upcoming for the Huskies. Four receivers to the right, or to the left, one to the right, and then throws it downfield. It's intercepted the 30-yard line by Mark Hiley. He's down to the 15, still on his feet, and rumbles out to the 13-yard line. And Mark Hiley brought down by Ryan Wolfgang, and Ubley will have a very short field to work with here with 5.36 left in the second quarter. Ubley on offense once again, first and 10 from the Breckenridge 13-yard line. An overthrown yet again. If you're going to overthrow it down the middle of the field, it's going to be intercepted. His number 13 was his intended receiver. That's Derek Maley, and it soars over his head right into the lap of Mark Heilig, and he turns it again into instant offense as the Ubley Bearcats now first and First down at the Breckenridge 18-yard line. 5.36 remains in the first half. Ubley knocking on the door for the sixth time tonight. Logan Mueller gets the handoff. He breaks out of one tackle and is finally brought down inside the five-yard line by Cameron Lawrence for the Breckenridge defense. Short of the first down yard line to gain, but it's about a nine-yard gain, eight-yard gain, second down and two. And that was one of uh, Logan Mueller's worst carries of the night. Uh, they just haven't had an answer for him. He goes over the 100-yard mark here in the first half with three touchdowns, and he was he almost broke that tackle and scored for the fourth time. Breckenridge has just ran 21 plays this evening. Probably not many more, but they have 35 points to show for it. Of the difference is 21 plays for Breckenridge, 35 total yards for the Bearcats, over 230. Second down, two to go from the five-yard line. T formation for Peruski and the Bearcats. Hand off to Logan Mueller. Trips up. He gets close down, and he's going to be brought down at the one-yard line. Tackle made by Jace Horman out of the secondary for the Huskies. It's going to be enough to move the chains. First and goal to go from the one-yard line. 
Another nice run by Logan Mueller. And got, got to give credit to this offensive line. Uh, you look them out there man-to-man, -man, they are undersized. But what they do in the trenches, they are fundamentally sound. They are disciplined. They know how to chip. They know how to knock you off balance. And these running backs are rewarded night in and night out. And they probably will punch it in here for another touchdown. It's already 35-0, 4-18 and counting in the second quarter. Peruski under center, waiting for the play clock, get under 10 before even thinking about snapping. Three men backfield, Peruski hands it off to Kyle Oberski, and he gets very close, and he's going to be down at the half-yard line. No gain on that play. Tackle made by Breckenridge's Colin Sitz on the stop at the goal line stand. Second down goal to go from the six-inch line. That was a pretty good stop by Breckenridge. I, th I thought Colin Oberski got in myself. But uh, they're going to say he was down with the nose of the football touching the end zone line. And if I know how Ubley runs their plays, they're going to run that same one right again. Look at <laughs> Colin Oberski. say that? Colin Oberski on the night. It's tradition, Clark. Eight carries, 36 yards, and one score already. Logan Mueller, nine carries, 105 yards, and three scores leading the Bearcats so far. Bruski under center, working off the two yards inside the right hash. Bruski hands it off to number 27, Mark Heilig. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. And they tag on their sixth score this evening with 3.18 remaining in the first half. It's now 41-0, Ubley over Breckenridge in the regional championship. This is an absolute throttling. No doubt about it. We, we really liked Ubley's chances, but uh, to put up 41, potentially 42 in the first half, I don't know if any of us saw quite that coming, but we knew Breckenridge wasn't going to be able to stop the run, but we did think that their offense might be able to have a couple drives, every other drive, whatever it might be, and stay in this game. But they have done absolutely nothing, and that's allowed this offense to stay on the field all night. So the kick from Mueller is good. It is through the uprights into the wind with 3.18 left in the second quarter. It's Ubley 42, Breckenridge 0 right here on the W. LW Sports Network. It's 42-0, 3.18 left in the first half. That's right, in the first half, Ubley leading by 42 points. Ed Clum's on the sidelines. What you got for us? Well, Breckenridge was making a decent goal line stand there, but as soon as that got punched in, the wind officially came out of their sails. You could feel it. There was still wind in the sails before that? There actually was. They were putting up a little fight on the goal line. It is, uh, it is now gone. All right, you heard it here first from Ed Clum, our sideline reporter for the WLW Sports Network. As Mueller's kick comes in and drops at the 10-yard line like a good 60-degree wedge. And he's brought in by number 22, Ryan Wolfgang. He gets to the far sideline, not much beyond that, out to about the 12-13 yard line. Tackle made by Ubley's Mark Heilig. First and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies, trailing 42-0, 3-13 before the half. Dominating performance, and you got to love what Brett Mueller does for this team. An underclassman, absolutely Dominates the field position for this team. Gives this young defense extra opportunities. Lots more field to work with. They've been in the driver's seat all evening. There has been very little, little glimmers of hope for this Breckenridge team on any facet of the game. And this offense is desperate for a couple first downs and try and stay on the field. Breckenridge hands it off right up the gut. That is Cam Kramer Lawrence. Gets out to the 15, maybe even the 16-yard line before he's stopped by the front trench of the LB Bearcats. Lee in the way, Camden Perusky, linebacker, 5'9", 175-pound sophomore. 
Gain of two on the play. Second down and eight. 255 left in the first half. This Bearcat defense, it doesn't matter if, if, they're, if they're up 20, down 20, if it's a tie game. They dig in on every single play and make you earn every yard you can possibly get. And that two-yard game was a physical fight in the trenches that the Bearcats just look forward to. Back to pass, rolling to the near sideline, throws downfield to the middle of the field to Jace Horman. And this one's through his hands. He had it, and he had open field in front of him. Went right through the hands of the ugly 45-yard line. Falls incomplete, third down and eight. Kyle Sweeney out there just chasing him around all over the place. And with Saunders buying so much extra time, you can see the play end and then the improv comes in where you just start scrambling with your quarterback and try to get open. And you know who Saunders is looking for. It's Horman. He targets him yet again down the field. That one there, again, a pretty good throw. But Horman gets turned around, and when he reaches up, it goes right through his hands and another incompletion for Breckenridge. Third and eight for the Breckenridge Huskies at their own 16-yard line. A little bit of trickery, and it's a handoff to number eight, Jake Gillis, to the far sideline. And he gets forced out of bounds at the 20-yard line after just a four-yard gain. Forced Jake out of bounds Gillis by Chris Oswald, defensive end, cornerback, depending on the play. So it's going to be fourth down, three yards to go for the Breckenridge Huskies. Very unique. They, they run read option, and when he hands it off to the running back, the running back then proceeds to hit the jet sweep guy coming across the field. And uh, it, it goes for a positive gain, but it's still fourth down and five, way back in their own territory. From their own 19-yard line, looks like they're going to be punting this one away. Yes, they do. The punt is bounces at the 49 in their own territory, rolls into ugly territory, and goes out of bounds at the 46-yard line of Ubley. So the Bearcats have a 54-yard field in front of them with 2.14 before the half is over. 36-yard punt from Saunders of the Huskies. First and 10 for the Bearcats, leading 42-0. Just absolutely impressive. I just can't say it enough. This Bearcat offense has been fantastic, but this defense, unbelievable. Breckenridge came in with a high-powered offense. They can run it. They can throw it. They can do what they want on any defense other than this ugly Bearcat team. First and 10 from the 46-yard line. Left or right across your radio for the ugly Bearcats leading 42-0. Hand off to Logan Mueller across midfield, dragging three jerseys with him all the way down to the 46-yard line. Finally stopped by Jace Horman out of the secondary. After a nine-yard gain, second down and just a yard to go. It's been very easy, and Logan Mueller has really thrived here this evening, following his fullback through the gap, cutting between the left guard and the left tackle, and turning it upfield. And when those linebackers and secondary hit him, they've just been getting dragged upfield for a couple more. And again, another eight. Nine-yard carry on first down, and with a minute 40 to go in this half, the Ubley Bearcats are going to try to eat as much of this clock as they can. Second down, three to go for the Ubley Bearcats from the 46 of Breckenridge. Quarterback keeper for Evan Prusky has the first down across the 40, down to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, 15, and forced out of bounds at the 12-yard line by number 12. Luke Saunders finally chases him down the outside linebacker. From the 46 all the way down to the 12, a 34-yard pickup for Evan Bruski on the keeper. 
And that plays there for them anytime they want. And it works most nights because this running game sets this up. That is the old-fashioned way of the Bearcats going play-action pass right there. That is the play that they have ran for decades, and they utilize it still today in this offense. And when Evan Bruschi is running it, he might be second-fastest player on this team outside of Mark Heilig. That's a race I'd like to see. And Evan Bruschi shows off that speed, and all of a sudden, with a minute 22 to go in the half, Bearcats knocking on the door for another touchdown. First and goal from the 10-yard line. Working off the right hash, Evan Bruschi hands it off to Mark Heilig. He's down untouched into the end zone from 10 yards out, and it is now 48-0 with a minute 17 before the half is over. The ugly Bearcats firing at all cylinders, scoring from every facet of the ball game, and they lead by nearly a half a century. I'm just chuckling with Dan here watching that secondary. Mark Heilig goes right through the defense. One of them, the last one was Jackson Loschberg, number 31, and he literally looked back and watched as Mark Heilig rolls into the end zone, completely falling for these fakes. You can see Breckenridge just has no idea where the football is. They have they are unable to, to maintain gap presence and just for something different, the Bearcats are going to line up and go for two. Trying to make this a 50-point ball game, which, of course, after the half would be a continuous running clock regardless of what happens. Evan Peruski into the end zone for the two-point conversion. It is good. It's now 50-0. The Bearcats leading by 50 points over the Breckenridge Huskies with a minute 17 before the half is over right here on the WLW Sports Network. Ubley's kick comes into the 25-yard line. It's muffed by Collins Sitz. And since it's a 50-point differential, it's a continuous running clock, and that is the end of the first half with the Ubley Bearcats dominating the Breckenridge Huskies 50-0 after 24 minutes of play right here on the WLEW Sports Network. When we return, we'll have your halftime stats. We may even listen to the marching band here and a whole lot more right here on your home high school football. The regional championship on the WLW Sports Network finds the Ubley Bearcats leading 50-0 at halftime over the Breckenridge Huskies. Your home high school football is the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Now we're going to tune in and listen to the Ubley Marching Band performing at home for the final time this season. Of course, they very well may be traveling to the semifinals to take on either Beale City or Carson City Crystal. Whoever wins that game will take on the winner of this game, which certainly looks like the Ubley Bearcats leading 15-0 over the Breckenridge Huskies through 24 minutes of play. Now we listen in to PA announcer Rick Glaza. And then throwing things over to the Ubley Marching Band. The silence as we cheer our team to a Bearcat win so we can take it on the road next week.
WLW Sports Now will return in three minutes with your halftime report right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. The Ugly Bearcats leading by 50 points at the half over the Breckenridge Huskies in the region championship in Division 8 football. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network at the half. It's 50 nothing. I'll be leading the Breckenridge Huskies in the regional championship. Dave Hansen, how much tell us how we got to this 50 nothing ball game at half? Well, you said it, Clark. So it's early and often. I'll be Bearcat touchdowns. It started with Logan Mueller, 30-yard touchdown run. Brett Mueller kicks the extra point. Ubley leads 7 nothing early. After a three and out, Ubley would score again. Logan Mueller for the second time, this time from nine yards away. Brett Mueller adds the PAT. Shortly thereafter, Ubley picks off the Breckenridge team on third down, and Oberski scores on the very next play, a five-yard touchdown run. Mueller's PAT is good, and at the end of the first quarter, excuse me, one more touchdown before the end of the first quarter. Mark Heilig this time from six yards away, the extra point is good, and at the end of the first quarter, Ubley 28, Breckenridge nothing. More of the same. Logan Mueller gets his third touchdown to start the second quarter. This time from 18 yards away. Point after is good. Ubley leads 35 to nothing. Three minutes later, Mark Heilig scores again on a one-yard touchdown run. Extra point is good. And with 3.18 to go in the first half, Ubley leads 42 nothing. And you guessed it, just two minutes later this time, Mark Heilig scores his third touchdown of the first half. This time from 10 yards away. And to get to that all-important 50 to nothing situation. Peruski keeps the two-point conversion for himself, and Ubley would lead 50 to nothing to keep that continuous running clock moving in the first half, and to start the second half, Ubley 50, Breckenridge nothing. 50 nothing after 24 minutes of play, and now we check in. Ed Klump has Eric Sweeney, the head coach for the Ubley Bearcats, with him on the sidelines. Coach, a heck of a first half there. Uh, what what are your thoughts on how well the first half went? <laughs> Couldn't have went any better, Ed. You know, uh, you know, what we expected, not what we expected, but, boy, our kids blocked well, they hid the ball well, and everything just went the way you'd want it to go. So being so far ahead like this, what is the message that you gave to them at halftime? It's 0-0. we got to come out and keep playing like it's 0-0 and finish this game off. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your time, Coach. No problem, Ed. Thank you, Ed, for that. It is... 15-0. Let's take you through our individual and team stats for both teams. The Breckenridge Huskies, 24 plays, 41 yards, and two turnovers. That's all they have to show for it. They're averaging 1.7 yards per play. The Ubley Bearcats, 31 plays, just seven more plays, but they have 284 yards in seven touchdowns. They're averaging over nine yards per play tonight. 29 carries, 268 yards, one for two on passing for 16 yards for Evan Bruski and Matt Brandle bringing the lone reception in. Logan Mueller leading the rushing with nine carries, 109 yards, and three scores. Mark Heilig, nine carries as well for 69 yards and three scores. Evan Bruski, three carries, 54 yards. And Cal Nabruski, eight carries, 36 yards, one touchdown. Just goes to show for the Bearcats, everything working for them. You see nine carries for Mueller, nine for Heilig, eight for Oberski, about 30% of the load split evenly. That is a challenge for any defense when all three of these guys are running well and then you add in Evan, Evan Peruski, which might be their most dangerous threat. He's only had to carry it three times tonight, but averaging 18 yards every time he touches it, he's the only guy that carries the ball that hasn't scored for the Bearcats, and it's just uh, outstanding offense, and I think Coach Sweeney nailed it. This offensive line is blocking so well, and they disguise the football so well under the lights here at home that it makes it impossible for this Breckenridge team, and they have no idea where the ball is. They've admitted it early, and you can see the coaches are taking full advantage of it. Breckenridge is led by Luke Saunders, quarterback. Four carries, 26 yards. Kramer Lawrence, 
Four carries, 13 yards. Jake Gillis, one carry for four yards. Callum sits one carry for two yards. Luke Saunders, one for negative four. Through the air, 0 for 13 for Luke Saunders in two interceptions. No receptions. They had one completion. That's called back on due to an illegal man downfield. Ed Klump, while you're down there, what what are you seeing from the sidelines there? This team is the sub league team is loose. Uh, I suspect that we're going to see some of the uh, some of the guys on the bench, some of the younger players might see some, some time here, uh, and they're excited. They're very excited about it. They, you can tell they come out and they're still going to be they're still going to be playing. Their heads still in the game. They're still going to be playing tough. And at this rate, we might get you out of the field by the fourth quarter. No one wants to see that, Clark. No one wants to see that. Well, 12 minutes are on the board. It's 50 nothing. Obli leading the Breckenridge Huskies. Dave Hanson. I expected a, a, a dominating performance by the Elder Bearcats. I certainly didn't see 50 nothing at halftime. I don't know how anybody could, um, but we, we did like what the Bearcats, their chances tonight, like what they had to offer. Um, it, it starts with the, the defense, though. They have been absolutely outstanding. You can see Breckenridge frustrated. You can see confusion. You can see their loss, and they just don't know what's coming at them next. And for the ugly Bearcats, on offense completely taking advantage of the short position that they've been given on offense and the uh, – They've scored on every single drive they've had tonight, and that makes things really tough for Breckenridge. 12 minutes are on the board, 50-0. As the Bearcats will be kicking off, Brett Mueller right to left across the radius. Both teams are actually on the wrong side of the field to start this first half, to start this second half. So Brett Mueller is ready to kick. The kick balls at the 40-yard line deep back for the Breckenridge Huskies would be Jace Horman and Collins sits for the Breckenridge Huskies on the away team tonight, and it's a line drive brought in by Horman at the one-yard line. Has to scoop it up, and they give it off to number 11, Collins. Since he goes to the far sideline, the black jerseys swarm to him there at the 10-yard line, and forced out of bounds by Evan Peruski. And so it'll be a very long field for the for the Breckenridge Huskies. First in 10 from their own 10-yard line, 11.42 left in the third quarter. So the second half will start with a continuous running clock, and that it just doesn't bode well, but it's going to help get this over with quickly. However, you see this kickoff again. Brett Mueller kicks an absolute bullet, and because of the running clock, you want to get the ball and do something with it. You don't want it to fly out the back of the end zone, waste so much time. But their best receiver, Horman, couldn't even field that kickoff. He fumbled it about three different times trying to pick it up, and they will start this drive like at the 10 or 11-yard line in their own territory. It's a quarterback keeper for Saunders. That still maybe gets out for a yard at the 11-yard line. Tackle made by number 10, Evan Bruski out of the secondary. And it is certainly moving things forward to probably picking up right where they left off. Now it looks like nothing has changed. This time they do a, a quarterback keeper. No fakes. He sweep to the outside. He's got lead blockers, but just isn't enough as the Bearcats fly right through it and make the tackle right at the line of scrimmage. Mercifully, the officials give him one on that carry. Second down, nine to go from the 12-yard line. Now for the Breckenridge Huskies, two wide to the right, two wide to the left. Lawrence, the tailback, behind Saunders in the shotgun. Away the snap, trying to apparently draw this play clock down as well on offense. And now man in motion, that would be Derek Mailey. Back to pass, pump fakes once, staying in the pocket, looking, throwing to the far sideline to Mailey. It's caught at the 15. He has the first down. He's forced, still on his feet, across the 30, and finally brought down at the 34-yard line, finally tracked down by Cannon Baruski. And move the chains for the Breckenridge Huskies for just the second time tonight. 
And that's the offense. That's the play. That's the style that Breckenridge likes to throw with this Saunders. And that play has been there all night. He pump fakes the deep route this time. And you see him dump it off to his running back about five yards down the field. And it turns into their easiest, their biggest play of the evening as he throws for 22 yards on that completion. First and 10, back to pass from the 35-yard line, and this was miscommunicated completely as Jace Horman was going right down the hash mark to the far to the end zone, and this ball was thrown to midfield at the 50-yard line on the numbers. Incomplete by about 20 yards, second down and 10. We're in the third round of the playoffs, and when your quarterback and wide receiver, your, your top playmakers are on the wrong page, uh, you just can credit the ugly defense for all this, uh, creating this confusion. Uh, completely taking the wind out of their sails as uh, as Horman saw an opening down the field, which he had, and the quarterback thought for sure he was going to plant and stop, and that's going to fall harmlessly incomplete for the Bearcat defense. Second and 10 from the 35. Quick pass to the far sideline. It's caught, brought in by Ryan Wolfgang. He has the first down. They're going to say stained in bounds, but knocked out of bounds by Matt Brandle after an 11-yard gain from the 46-yard line, first and 10. Nice throw and catch there by Saunders. We haven't been able to say that much this game, and but you can see him plant that receiver with all the soft coverage the defense has given him. Plant that foot right at the first down marker. Show that number 22 to the quarterback, and that time he makes a good throw and catch for an easy first down. Four receivers to the right. Saunders pump fakes once. is brought in by at midfield by Derek Maley. He gets out for five, four yards to midfield. Tackle made by number 57, Aiden McCoviak for the Bearcats. A gain of four, second down and uh, second down at five upcoming. And right there, that, that's the really the best Breckenridge run game right there. Is, uh, you see one of the slot receivers that time, Maley, just kind of settle down about four yards down the field. And as the defense, the play goes on, the defense sinks farther and farther back to keep the big play away. And that four-yard catch is easy, to, easy completion. Saunders thought he had it into the hands of Jake Gillis, but there's Aiden Makoviak to hit him in perfect timing as he's trying to bring in that pass and he knocks it incomplete on a third down and five upcoming. And it doesn't help that that throw is a little high, but you nailed it, Clark. Makoviak hits him as soon as the ball gets there, but because that receiver had to elevate and leave his feet, he gets bent in half by Makoviak, and he's unable to hold on to the football. I think if, if his legs are on the ground and that throw is at his waist, I think he could hold that ball down for about a five-yard completion, but instead, Makoviak drives it into another incompletion. Breckenridge on third and five, hands it off to number 10 Kramer Lawrence trying to find a seam and Ubley blocks him up and gets no gain on that one stops him at the 49 of Ubley tackle made by Ethan Gillig nose guard for the Ubley Bearcats fourth down and four yards to go for Breckenridge you'd think with all these passes with the situation we're in they'd be able to run the ball on an obvious passing down which is what they wanted they needed six they get one the front four of Ubley not fooled ball recognition is top notch and now Breckenridge just inside of Bearcat territory fourth down and a long four are going to go for it from the Ubley 49 yard line it's 50 nothing Bearcats Huskies going for it and his quarterback keeper and Sanders is brought down at midfield for a lot yard loss as the Bearcats were swarming to the ball, Ethan Gillig leading the charge for a tackle for a loss on one. And it's a turnover on downs right at midfield. I think this offense runs a little better when they let Sanders drop back and throw it down the field and then allow his quarterback to run. They run read option, and the Bearcats have seen that before. They, they stay disciplined. They take the running back away. The defensive end is not fooled, does not bite on the play action, the fake. And then when the quarterback keeps it, he's got nowhere to go. Loss of one, and the Bearcat offense comes on the field. And in this half, he'll be led by freshman Luke Vollmering under center. 
Handoff to number 33. That would be Jace Sound. He surges out for a nine-yard gain. Tackle made by Jackson Lobsher for the Breckenridge Huskies. New quarterback in for the Bearcats. That's Luke Vollmering, the freshman. Luke Vollmering hands it off. Like you said, Jay Susala explodes through the line of scrimmage and nine yards, just like the starters were in the game, doesn't miss a beat, and he, again, gets nine yards on first down. Second down, yard to go from the Breckenridge 41-yard line. Five and a half left in the third quarter. Running clock situation. Only stoppage is for injuries. Even with a touchdown or a timeout, the clock continues to roll. Vollmering hands it off to number 23, Seth Maurer. He's out for the running. No one in front of him. Five-yard line. Touchdown, Ubley. Seth Maurer rumbles in from 41 yards out for the another score for the Ubley Bearcats. And it's now 56-0 over the Breckenridge Huskies. 5-10 remaining in the first, excuse me, in the third quarter. And these Bearcats, they run this wing tee starting to perfection at a very young age. And it doesn't matter when you get your time to get in there. They practice this. All these running backs get in. So Seth Maurer gets in there. He knows where his gap is. He knows where he needs to go. And Breckenridge, even with these younger guys in, still can't locate the football. Seth Maurer goes virtually untouched all the way down the field for an easy touchdown. Touchdown is complete. The PAT is complete. It's now 57 nothing. Four and a half to play here in the third quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Seven nothing. Ubley leading the Breckenridge Huskies three and a half and counting here in the third quarter. Ed Clumps on the sidelines. It's certainly going to be tough for Eric Sweeney to find something he's angry about tonight. That, that is the that is the truth. He'll still be yelling, but he's not going to be angry about it. Uh, the the sideline is absolutely electric down here. Some of the guys don't see a lot of playing time. They're getting in now. The younger guys and the the whole the whole sideline is erupting. For good reason. It's says fifty-seven nothing with three minutes left in the third quarter. As Mueller's kick comes in, it is brought down at the 19-yard line. Tackle made by number 79, Cannon Baruski, on the tackle on special teams as well. And it's going to be first and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies, trailing by just 57 points. Just 57 is right, Clark. Just, just been an outstanding showing by the Bearcats. And, and they put in some of these younger guys to run the football. They don't miss a beat. Two plays, 50 yards, a 40-yard touchdown run by Seth Maurer. He gets... Uh, what this crowd loves, this bench loves, these younger guys get in and perform just as good as the starters. Handling this offense, running the wing tee to perfection, and another big play for the Bearcats as they just continue to pour it on, even maybe when they're not trying to. <laughs> Luke Saunders in the shotgun has Lawrence to his right. Back to pass, pump fakes to the right, evades one tackler. Now he's going to have to evade a second tackler, and he's going to be brought down for the sack back at the 14-yard line. Aiden Makoviak did not let him out of his sights, and he brings him down. For a five-yard loss of the 14-yard line, a huge sack there for Aiden Makoviak. And you see Saunders scrambling around, looking for places to go, and as he rotates that way, you see the defensive line and the ends slide over that way as well, trying to take away the running game. And he pump faked. He had a couple options, but at this point, 
Luke Sanders isn't looking to dump it off anymore. He's looking downfield for that 20, 30-yard completion, and it's just not there. you got to take what defense gives you, and he takes a sack instead. Saunders now has to get out of another tackle. He's throwing downfield right to midfield. He has Gillis there, but it's Thunder throwing as Gillis was at the ugly 40-yard line. This would hit at about the 48-yard line. Incomplete. Third down and 14. Oh, it was either that, Clark, or take a sack. But yeah. what, I, what is shocking me the most, and I'm not sure if it's just the situation of the game or what, but Luke Saunders is doing a heck of a job buying time. But when I look out at the secondary in the field, there's multiple receivers, two or three out of these four receivers, standing there doing absolutely nothing. They are not rotating with the football. They're not trying to get themselves open. You're seeing one guy on the play just kind of go deep and hope that Saunders throws it. But you're not seeing these other guys move around to the football. When their route is over, that's it. That's all they do. We have a timeout called by the Breckerridge Huskies with less than a minute to play here in the third quarter. So that will bring an end to the third quarter. Whereas now they're stopping the clock, and they're going to say keep the, keep the clock rolling. So keep the clock rolling. We've reached the end of the third quarter with a 57-0 ball game. Ubly over Breckenridge in the regional championship right here on the WLW Sports Network. Well, it's 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter here now after that timeout. And Ed Klump has run out of things to talk about. This is a first for us. I could start I could start interviewing people out here. Let's uh, okay, you want me to go in the you want me to go in the crowd, Clark? That's let's hold off on that just for now. I'm afraid who you'll run into. <laughs> As it's 12 minutes remaining here with a running clock situation, 57 nothing. Probably leaving. If, if uh, Ed goes in the crowd, he might run into somebody that offers him a job, and we won't have him next week. <laughs> That's true. It's a uh, Saunders pass complete to Kyle Chovanek, and he's finally brought down at the 39 of, excuse me, right at the 40-yard line for a 35 or 25-yard completion from Saunders. Moves the chains on a third down for a new set of downs for the Breckenridge Huskies. I haven't said this often tonight, but what, that was a heck of a that good throw nice there throw. by Luke Saunders. He's made a couple really nice plays tonight. He has gotten no help on this offense. This Bearcat defense has simply taken advantage of that and smothered them right out, but that was a perfect throw and catch on the run. First and ten, a quick pass, and this is intercepted by Matt Brandle. Pass was intended for Gillis. Brandle's going to have a pick six here, down to the ten, the five, touchdown. Matt Brandle on the pick six with 11-14 remaining in the fourth quarter. Matt Brandle says, look, Mom, what I found, and he rumbles in from 45 yards out in for the score. And with 11-14 remaining in the fourth quarter, Matt Brandle puts the Bearcats over the 60 mark. It's now 63-0, Ubley over Breckenridge. Another overthrow by Saunders there. It's an out route. It's a five-yard out route. They try to hit him on the run and give him some room to use the sideline and turn it upfield. But when it's overthrown, the receiver reaches out for it. It goes off his fingertips. And as you said, Clark, like a gift basket, flutters right into Matt Brandle's hands, who's behind the receiver, making sure that if he does catch it, there's no extra yards. And it flutters right into his hands. And by that time, Matt Brandle showcases some speed, cruises into the end zone. He picks six for the Ubley defense. And it's now 63 to nothing as Ubley goes for two. It's a handoff to Colin Ossentoski, and he's very close. The two-point conversion is good for Colin Ossentoski, the freshman, 5'6", 120-pound running back. 
for the Ubley Bearcats. It's now 65-0. Ubley over Breckenridge in the fourth quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Ubley leads 65-0 in football. This is not a basketball score. 65-0. Ubley leading Breckenridge with eight and a half to still to play here in the fourth quarter. Running clock continuously here as a pop-up to the 25-yard line brought in by Ryan Wolfgang. And he gets out to about the 32-yard line before he's stopped by Ethan Gillig for the Ubley special teams. First and 10 for the Breckenridge Huskies after a Matt Brandel 45 rumble in for the pick six, which makes it 65-0. Colin Ostentoski in the two-point. I think I speak for both of us. If we weren't live on the air, the word would be speechless, and I wouldn't know what to say. I, I can't say how impressed I am enough with these Bearcats on offense, on defense, the game plan. Breckenridge had no idea what they were getting their hands on today, and they have absolutely gotten their face wiped in it all afternoon, all evening long. This Breckenridge team just doesn't have a clue what hit them, and the Bearcats have scored on every single series. The JV team has run the last two series. They've scored. This Bearcat team is rolling on all cylinders, and I beg the next team that's waiting in line for them to come challenge this team. Lawrence gets the handoff from the 32-yard line. It ends up at the 47-yard line for a 15-yard pickup. Finally tackled made by Seth Maurer, linebacker for the LB Bearcats. First and 10 for Breckenridge. Breckenridge right up the middle. Nice run there, and the still, though, not even still in their own territory, Clark. Like they have run, even, they've only run one, maybe two plays in Ubley's territory all night. That has to be. That's about it. As this play is going to be blown up right away, as Luke Saunders though gets out of that tackle, he has the first down. He's running down to the far side and runs out of bounds of the 41 of Ubley. As he was nearly brought down at the backfield for a two-yard loss and makes it count, and he runs out of bounds, forced out of bounds by Luke Vollmering for the defense. 6.55 and counting. First and 10, another first down for Saunders and the Breckenridge Huskies. But I think we can see it up here. We can see why this team won a lot of games, why they're here. That play right there is going to go completely unnoticed. People are going to see the score and not really. That, that was a heck of a play. That play was blown up in the backfield just like you said, like three-yard loss. But Luke Saunders is able to escape and turn it into a positive gain of about 10 in a first down. Saunders hands it off to Lawrence, and he's going to be dropped in the backfield for a two-yard loss. Leading the way was number 76, Mitchell Foote, defensive tackle, 6'3", 215-pound sophomore for the Ubley Bearcats. Second down and 12, six and counting here in the fourth quarter. And you keep saying that word, Clark, sophomores. You're starting to see these younger guys. They're holding up pretty good. This is the starting lineup for Breckenridge, and uh, they're holding up well so far in the second half. Second and 12, right to left cross your reader for the Breckenridge Huskies. Man in motion, that'd be number 19, which we do not have. And it's a handoff to Lawrence right up the middle, and he gets out for that yard he lost just a moment ago. Gets back to the 41-yard line for a two-yard gain. Tackle made by Austin Gentner, a defensive end, sophomore, six foot one, 190 pounds for the Ubley Bearcats. Third and ten. You see Breckenridge just a couple straight handoffs to number ten right up the middle, and really no, nothing there on that on those two draw plays right up the middle. The Ubley front four still standing tall. You know, Dave, last time I feel felt this energy, especially in the regional championship and beyond. 
kind of has rumblings of 2012 with Hover Beach. I feel like this team could make it all the way. Uh, they really can, and I really think they're going to get there. The game that they are expected to play when they get there, that'll be the true test. Lawrence gets the handoff, and he is hit hard immediately by Jay Sussell and Seth Maurer. Out of the linebacking core, no gain in the play. Fourth down and ten for Breckenridge. Five minutes and change here in the fourth. I would say the only difference between this run and the 2012 one, Clark, was the toughest game that year was in the semifinal. Yes, it was. Well, one of the best games we've ever seen. Uh, and for Ubley, that game's going to come at Ford Field if they get there. I'm not, I'm not getting ahead of myself. There's a, another team, probably Beale City, waiting for them next week, a quality football team. But uh, this Bearcat team is rolling. Back to pass. Saunders on 4th and 10 connects with number 22. Ryan Wolfgang has the first down, still at his feet inside the 25. And finally brought down at the 22. Tackle made by 66 Aiden Kohler. A defensive end, 5'11", 180-pound freshman for the Ildy Bearcats. Move the chains. Nice throw and catch there by Saunders on 4th on down and long when they needed it. And those are some plays that maybe if they would have came in the first quarter, this game may be a little different. But at the end of the day, uh, just didn't happen. The Bearcats stand tall, and actually, Ubley is going to call a timeout. Ubley timeout with 4:05 and counting. The clock will continue to roll here. So, Dave Hanson, let's talk about this as you, as we were saying there. A lot of energy on the sideline. Ubley really could not do anything wrong here. I, hopefully, obviously, this coaching staff experienced enough that they will keep their team motivated throughout the entire postseason. They will not say, oh, this is smooth sailing from here. We got Beale City ahead of us. Last we heard, Beale City was winning 21-0 at halftime over Carson City Crystal. So well on their way. Ubley lost by a point to Beale City on a two-point conversion, really, that failed in the semifinals back in 2019. I'm certain that the Ubley Bearcats won another shot at them. No doubt about it. Uh, they, I think they'd have been disappointed if Carson City Crystal would have upset Beale City. Uh, they, they absolutely have their target on them. I just hope that that's not their Super Bowl. That's not their state championship game. Yes, they want Beale City. Yes, they want to make a statement win in the semifinal. Uh, but getting to Ford Field and finishing the job, they've been there a couple times now, but no championship to boot. This team has a golden opportunity to make that happen this year. Three minutes left here in the fourth quarter. Running clock as it's 65 nothing. The scary part is this team might be better next year. Clark. That's what's that's what's most phenomenal. You have a sophomore quarterback, you know, Logan Mueller in the backfield and Kyle Noberski, those are seniors. You have Mark Heilig, you have a lot of I mean, look at we're seeing Seth Maurer and Jason Sala as just sophomores. Saunders back to pass, throwing into the end zone, and this one is gonna be incomplete, intended for number eighty eight, Kyler Chovenak. And it falls incomplete. He elevated for it, and it fell through the hands. Incomplete. Second down and ten. And that's one of those uh, those plays where you see your quarterback throw it up. The ball's at its highest point uh, for the receiver. He goes up to get it right at the goal line. But even there, it was a little bit overthrown. I think we've said that on over half of the throws that Saunders has had tonight. And even though the receiver was in the right place to elevate to go get it, it was still overthrown and falls incomplete. Saunders is 5 of 22 for 91 yards and two interceptions tonight for the Huskies. Quarterback keeper for Saunders, and he's going to be ripped down at the original line of scrimmage at the 22-yard line. Leading the charge for the LA Bearcats was Austin Gettner, that defensive end sophomore. And a loss of a yard on the play, third down and 11. Just amazing how this... Uh this Bearcat defensive line finds ways to continue to wreak havoc in the backfield. Uh, they have man-to-man -man defense on the secondary. You see a deep safety, and these four guys up front are still finding ways to get in the backfield and cause havoc for Sanders and not allow him to 
stretch out the play and run for positive gain. Another loss on that one. Less than 90 seconds to play here in the fourth, and a pass down to the ball, and it's caught. A touchdown, Breckenridge. Kyler Chovanek connects from a pass from Luke Saunders from 22 yards out. And the Breckenridge Huskies are on the board for the first time tonight. It's now 65-6. Breckenridge strikes for the first time against the LBJV. And you said it right there, Clark, but it took a perfect throw and catch, a great route there by 88 Chauvinak, and uh, Saunders puts it right on him in stride. I don't think it mattered who would have been in coverage there if there wasn't a safety to help cover that and read the play. That, that's the type of ability that this team has when they're rolling good, and this offense completely, or this defensive ugly, took it away all night. And Breckenridge going with a little bit of muddle huddle here as the two-point conversion falls incomplete so it remains 65 to 6 with 30 seconds and counting here so we will not see another kickoff here from the Breckenridge Huskies as the Elby Bearcats it was never really in doubt after the third play of this game as the Elby Bearcats are going to secure their third straight regional championship and another bid to the state semifinals this time they will take on the Beale City Aggies more than likely Location to be determined. They played in Mount Pleasant previous times. Wouldn't be surprised if that's where it is as well. Both teams line up. The clock says zeros. The final score in the regional championship is Obli 65, Breckenridge 60, or excuse me, 6. 65 to 6, your final score in the regional championship in Division 8. The Ugly Bearcats throttle the Breckenridge Huskies in week number 12. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. When we return, we'll have a post-game interview with Ed Klump, with Eric Sweeney, and all of your post-game stats right here on your home for high school football at the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Final score in the regional championship, 65-6. The Ugly Bearcats throttle the Breckenridge Huskies. Breckenridge literally scored in the last play of the game against the JV. This game was in hand from very early on. Dave Hansen, it was 50-0 at halftime. Why don't we pick up the scoring from there? That's right, Clark. 50 to nothing at halftime, and it started out with more ugly Bearcats scoring. This time, you see Seth Maurer on the second play score on a 41-yard touchdown run. The extra point is good, and at the end of the third quarter, Ubley would lead 57 to nothing. Keep in mind, a constant running clock in the second half. In the fourth quarter, Ubley scores again. This time, Matt Brandle with a pick six takes it to the house, and Colin Ozentoski punches in the two-point conversion. Ubley 65 Breckenridge nothing and with just a minute left on the clock Breckenridge would score their first and only touchdown of the evening a 22 yard touchdown pass from Saunders to Chauvinac and that would be the end of this game Ubley in dominant fashion 65 Breckenridge 6 the Ubley Bearcats led by Logan Mueller with 9 carries 109 yards and 3 scores and all that pretty much was in the first half Mark Heilig also 9 carries 69 yards and 3 scores he didn't carry the ball in the second half Evan Bruski 3 carries 54 yards that was all in the first half. Seth Maurer, one carry, 41 yards and a score. Kyle Naburski, eight carries for 36 yards and one touchdown. And we had a few other running backs, unfortunately, 
probably had so many running backs it doesn't show up on our sheet. Evan Bruski through the air, one for two for 16 yards. Receiving the ball, Matt Brandle was brought in that one reception for 16 yards. Breckenridge altogether, 44 plays, 177 yards. Most of that came in the very last two drives when the game was certainly in hand. Luke Saunders, quarterback, nine carries, 32 yards. Through the air, he was 6 of 23 for 113 yards, two interceptions, and just one score to show for it. Kyler Chauvinak, two receptions, 57 yards, and a score. Their lead receiver, number 99, Jace Horman, zero receptions on five targets. And he punched out, Clark. He tuned out. He didn't play much in the second half, so it was just an outstanding performance by Ubley. And now we have Ed Klump, who has stolen Eric Sweeney away. Eric, Ed Klump, take it away. Coach Sweeney, fantastic game. It seemed like everything went right. Uh, tell me a little bit about the preparation and, and how well these kids did. Well, you know, basically offensively, we just really emphasized our fakes this week. Um, you know, usually when we play a team from out of the area, they're not used to seeing our offense if we hide the ball, and they had a hard time finding the ball. The officiating crews from the Flint area, they struggled to see the ball, so I think that was huge. Um, I thought that was been several years since I saw a complete half of football like we played in the first half. Yeah, tremendous job. It was nice to see some of the underclassmen get in and, and the uh, upperclassmen cheering them on. You know, them underclassmen do a lot of work through the week to get us ready for these games, so it is really nice to see them kids. They're excited to see these kids have success. Tell me a little bit about next week, what type of preparation you're going to have uh, looking forward here. Well, it sounds like we're going to play Beale City. <laughs> Beale City's good. They always are good. We played them two years ago. Uh, just have to sit back. You know, we get an extra day of preparation. We'll be playing Saturday in the semifinal. You know, just have to look at the film and see what we got. They go last last time you played them. I think it was twenty one twenty. It was a pretty tough game. Uh, so, uh, you know, good luck to you. Great, great job out there, Coach. Um, and, and with that, Clark, back to you. Thank you, Ed, and thank you to Eric Sweeney for taking his time away from, uh, from all the TV stations uh, to come talk to us first. We're home radio. We certainly get those benefits, Dave, as this was an absolutely dominating performance from the Ugly Bearcats start to finish. It's one of those things, Clark, where Breckenridge doesn't know what hit them. They still, I think they're still in shock. They, they absolutely come out with a game plan. I think they had to know that they were behind the eight ball to start this game, but I don't think even they saw this coming. Um, they knew they're going to struggle with the run game, but nobody these out of the area teams do not understand when you play under the lights here at Herb Field, that ball is hard to find in those black uniforms, those orange numbers, that football, those these guys do a fantastic job of hiding the football. Breckenridge had no clue where it was. They eventually punched out, gave up three straight scores in the first quarter, and it was a run out from there. All right, now we have Ed Klump, who's standing by with the, we'll say it, the Thompson Chevrolet player of the game, Logan Mueller. And, Ed, you can pass that news on to Logan Mueller. Nine carries, 109 yards, and three scores are Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. You had 109 yards and three scores. Great, great job. What, talk to me a little bit about uh, uh, the preparation, how you, guys, uh, how you guys handled this. All right, so we went into this game knowing that fakes and running our just base offense is going to be the most important thing because they don't see our offense a whole lot. So, And it, it worked. It, everything that we wanted to happen happened. Uh, when they saw someone that they thought out the ball, they just fell for it, and we just had clear running lanes. And I think that was the most major decider of why everything went so well tonight. Um, let's see. So that's that, that's most of what we worked on this week was fakes, and we just stayed kept it simple. Great, great job, Logan. Anybody out there who couldn't make it to the game that you want to say hi to? Oh, let's see. I'm not sure. 
Um, <laughs> How bad do you want Bill City next week? Oh, man, that is a whole other topic. I remember sophomore year coming to the game, watching everybody crying coming off the field. We lost by one point. I am ready for that game. I can tell you what. <laughs> Fantastic. Great job, Logan. Congratulations. Player of the game, Logan Mueller. And thank you, Ed, for that. On the sidelines with number 14, Logan Mueller, the Thompson Chevrolet Player of the Game. Ed Klump interviewing Eric Sweeney and Logan Mueller there on the sidelines, doing a great job. Dave Hansen, like we were talking, though, we and Eric Sweeney said it himself, we have not seen a complete half like we saw in that first half. I mean, in probably scored with 10-19 left in the first quarter. After just four plays, it was 7 nothing, and you could tell by that point already that Breckenridge was down and out. We said it right on air. I said it almost feels like if Breckenridge does not score right now on this first drive of the game, this feels like a runaway. It felt like it right away. We were kind of thinking Ubley would take care of business, but slow and methodical, keep the offense on the sideline. They had as many opportunities as the offense side as Breckenridge could possibly want and did absolutely nothing with it. At the end of the first quarter, Breckenridge had 10 plays for negative two yards. This defense was fantastic, and the offense didn't miss a beat. When all said and done, 334 yards for the LB Bearcats on 33 plays. They averaged 10.1 yards per play. An absolutely dominant performance, and Dave Hanson, we kind of talked about it just a few minutes before this game was over. This has the energy that can drive them all the way right to Ford Field. Well, a couple things. I really like um, when you listen to Coach Sweeney talk and then you listen to Logan Mueller speak. It's did the it, same did exact it not thing. feel like the same thing? Holy cow. Can you tell me that a coaching staff and their players are on the same page? There is nobody closer to the same page, the same line in the book, Clark. These guys are on it. They understand what it takes to win. They understand what they do best, and they expose opponents' weaknesses as good as anybody we've seen. And, yes, it has that feeling. I don't know. For me, 2012 was my first year. I didn't recognize that feeling until we were already there. (laughs) But looking back on it, it has that feeling. And they want Beale City. This team before in 2019 was playing with stars in their eyes. We're playing Beale City. You know, maybe we'll get to Ford Field. You know, they've been to Ford Field before. This team... They, they don't want to play Beale City. They want to destroy Beale City. And I like that motivation. I like that mentality. This team is hungry for a rematch against them. And as much as we dislike it, it's probably going to be in Mount Pleasant. It's probably going to be seven miles from Beale City's high school. And they call it a neutral field. But at this point, I think this Bearcat team embraces it. And it would dare them to go to Mount Pleasant. And let's have that rematch again. I think I'll be willing to play in Beale City to take on the Aggies next week. And that's exactly right, Clark. And that's the mentality, the edge that this team has. They they love going to practice. They show up early. They stay late. And this team, as you can see from tonight's performance, they can beat anybody on any given Saturday from now oh, on. Oh, okay. Yes, well, you are. Well, and, and that's Saturday next week and then Friday back the to following Friday, week. Back to Friday again. They'll have to get up bright and early if they can make it an extra week. Man, oh, man. 65-6, to six, your final score. The Ugly Bearcats take out. The Breckenridge Huskies in just absolutely just tour de force here in week number 12 of the, of the uh, football season. And now there are just four teams remain in a, uh, Division Eight football. The Elbow Bearcats, one of them, more than likely going to be Beale City, more than likely going to be Mount Pleasant. We'll have all those details confirmed for you by Sunday on the strong side at 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021. 
But man, oh man, the Ugly Bearcats have a lot to be proud of in a bright future for them. No question about it. And we can uh, 99% tell you it's going to be Beale City. At the end of the third quarter, they leave Carson City Crystal 34 to nothing. Ooh. So for a couple regional championship games, um, the cream of the crop is rising, so to speak. And we are ahead on collision course with Beale City. And take this game and, and, and throw it in your back pocket. This Ugly team in general uh, is a force to be reckoned with. And Beale City doesn't fear me like they have in the past. I think Grubley has a fantastic chance of beating that team next week and moving on to Fort Field. Dave Hanson, any final thoughts here? Oh, congratulations to LB Bearcats. I don't know if we've seen um, a, a quality football team like Breckenridge get destroyed. At, this was an absolute merciless beating. Ubley played as close to perfection as you're going to find in that first half. And matter of fact, I think the JV team um, – beat Breckenridge in the second yes, half. They did. That's how impressive this team is from top of the roster to the bottom. And it was completely impressed, uh, still pulling my jaw up off the floor with how easily and how dominant they played. But kudos to the coaching staff, the game plan, and everybody on the Bearcats team. They were outstanding, and I hope they can carry even a, a small piece of this energy and game plan into next week. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you Sunday on the strong side. You got it. Tonight's presentation of the WLW Sports Network is brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services, DS Services of City, Catterick Radiator and Air Conditioning of Van Anks, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, the Here and Daily Tribune, North Star Bank, Here and Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Obley Motor Service, DM Cabinet Shop, Michigan High School Athletic Association, Insure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? So on behalf of our entire broadcast team here tonight, Dave Hansen, in-game analysis, doing a great job. My partner for the past 10 years on this in the booth with me and on our another road to the Ford Field. Our in-game analysis, Dave Hansen, Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. We had him wedged in the second row, could barely see the field, and was spot on with his stats once again. Our spotter, Dan Banky. Unfortunately, the last time he'll be with us this season, doing a great job. Our true eyes on the field for us. And then our sideline reporter joining our team this week would be Ed Klump, braving the elements, getting in the ear of Eric Sweeney before the TV stations. He did it all. Thank you for listening tonight, folks. We'll be back on air on Sunday at 7 p.m. for The Strong Side with Paul P. Adams from the Heron County View to discuss week number 12 of the football season. Until then, go Bearcats. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.